welcome to a special Halloween episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast for Friday, October the 30th. We are coming to you from our separate homes across the Midwest. My name is Joey Mills, and joining me today on the show, we've got, why don't you two in the corner introduce yourselves, and then we'll get uh, down below. Brad. I'm Brad. I'm <clears throat> Chong. I'm Curtis, but I'm Chong. <laughs> Tato. <laughs> So for those who are checking us out on the live stream, yes, uh, Curtis and I dressed up. <laughs> and that's it. Just Curtis and I dressed up. I dressed up. I'm a trucker. You put a hat on and let your hair down. <laughs> I know. I'll, and I got the old flannel, you know, like truck driver does. Yeah, but you wear that all the time. The only difference is you put a hat on. In all fairness, yeah. Brad was going to dress up. I think we mentioned this earlier. Right. Uh, he, he was going to dress up as... Did you forget his name? No, I wanted you to say it. <laughs> oh, I was going to dress up as Carl Kolshak, but uh, I couldn't get the right hat. So without the hat, I just looked like a guy who came straight from the office. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what really the worth hat kind of makes the, the outfit. Yeah, if you're going with Kolchak, so Well, it is our 2020 Halloween episode. As if 2020 hasn't been enough of a horror show, we are going to break down our top 10 favorite horror movies. This was Curtis's suggestion, so he's going to lead us through that tonight. Welcome to everybody watching along live with us on the Pop Goes the Culture podcast Facebook page, YouTube channel, Twitch channel, wherever you're watching. And to everybody who's listening in your preferred podcast player, we appreciate you guys being here today. Uh, let's let's kind of we've kind of broken down what everybody's dressed as, so uh, let's kind of let's get into the good stuff. Curtis, you talk to us a little bit. You this was your idea. What are you wanting to do? How are we going to do this? You're you're in charge for the time being, which is kind of scary. Make it the, the <laughs> hair Go ahead and swallow mouth. that <laughs> chip first, <laughs> and then you can talk to us. All right, so I've always wanted to do a top 10 favorite horror film podcast of any kind. Just get a group of people together. What's your favorite top 10 list? So I actually had this idea. I'm not going to do it because, you know, I don't want to be an asshole. But I, I told everyone, pick a top 10. And I told everyone, doesn't matter if some of your movies cross over. You can still talk about them. And then I was going to be like, well, when the podcast comes, I'm going to tell everyone, no, it's a top five. And then you can't pick some movie that someone else has. But I'm not going to do it. We don't have enough people to fuck around with that. So <laughs> we're just going to do a top 10 list. I think the rest of us would have vetoed you on that decision anyway. Probably. <laughs> I would have so, won yeah whatever without further care. ado i guess let's get uh let's get into it so um so how do we I'll go do ahead this do you want to go we'll, we'll each go each what? do one at a time or yeah we'll each do one at a time okay and then yeah we'll see if, it, if we've seen it we can interject and blah 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 if we like it if we don't like okay. it you can say it after the person's done doing their spiel okay is there any particular order you want to go in or Let's start with you, Joey. I mean, like, do you want to start? Do you want them ranked? I guess. Do you want them like ten to one, or or does just no particular no particular order? No, we're not David Letterman. We don't rank them. All right, just just asking. Shit, back off. Get off my ass. (laughs) Asking. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get to this. So, uh, the order. Then you want me to go first? My Joey, Kenny, Brad, and I'll go last. Joey, Kenny, Brad, and I'll go last. And. And then if Hawk shows up, we'll uh, we'll buzz him in somehow. Cool. Yeah, we'll let him get a chance to get caught up. Cool. Sounds good. All right. I'm. I've kind of. I have kind of ranked mine, not like one through ten, but like 
in clusters of, you know, like here are some my favorites at the top, my less favorites of the 10 at the bottom or whatever. But anyhow, I'm going to start with my number 10. It is uh, Alien, the original <laughs> Alien film. That's my number 10. I don't know now, what, what else you want me to say, but that's my number 10. What is it about Alien? Like, what was like, what was your first experience with Alien? Uh, my first experience with Alien? Yeah. <laughs> it was a dark room. It was like mid-July. We were on a camping trip. Um, yeah, the probes involved. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I don't, yeah, I don't remember. Like? I don't remember the first time I saw it. I saw it either on video or on like cable or something, but. Uh, yeah, it's cool. It's got this, you know, it's a sci-fi film that is also a horror film. And I think that's probably the first of those that I saw where I was like, oh, a horror film is not just, you know, a slasher killing teenagers. Um, it's right. a, it, a horror film can be across different genres. And I was young, but I I remember, I, I mean, just the whole, I actually, I think I saw Spaceballs first <laughs> and then I saw <laughs> Alien. And I was like, oh, I get it now. Now I understand what that reference is. Okay, cool. But, <laughs> but yeah, the whole, you know, when the when the chest burster pops out and scurries along, it's like, oh, it's a horror movie and a sci-fi movie. Cool. When you watched it for the first time, were you waiting for the chest burster to uh, sing? No, I because I I mean, again, I I had seen Spaceballs, but I didn't know where the reference was fun, from. So when it happened, I was like, oh, that's what that is. Okay, cool. Hello, my baby. Hello, my dog. Yep, exactly. Hello, my yeah. The Michigan I, J I, Frog. I love Alien. Yep. Um, it's Is it just, on your like, list? Did, did it's Alien not make, on my list. Did Alien I, make I anybody's list? I figured it would be on somebody's list. That's why I didn't put it on there. Brad, well, is it on your list? Do what? Is it on Brad's list? Did it, is it on anybody else's list? Nobody else's list. All right. So Alien nope. is our first pick, <laughs> and nobody else has it. So yeah. uh, Alien stands alone. It's one of those where, like, each, like, the sequels are, are not horrible. <laughs> yeah, they're not. Like, it starts off as a horror movie, and then, like, the sequels are not horror films. No, they're like, action aliens, films. Aliens, even if it's just as good as the first, maybe slightly more, slightly less, depending on who you are, it's just an action movie. Yeah, Al Aliens is an action movie with some horror elements, and then the third one is just a. It's an action movie. It's like a chase movie almost, you know? It's uh, it's totally it's different. It's a David Fincher movie. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. But Alien is certainly the, uh, you know, depending on who you talk to again, it's, I think it's the best of the bunch. But yeah. some people love Aliens. Yeah. because The only like thing horror. horror, the only horrifying aspect of that most recent Alien movie, Alien Covenant, was the fingering scene. Yeah. I don't know if you... <laughs> If you haven't seen it, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Michael Fassbender pretty much... No, I, I won't go into it. Fingering yeah. himself. Let's <laughs> 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 so let your imagination run wild right. on that. Moving on, Kenny. Fair enough. Kenny, what do you got for your first pick? Um, I'll start down at the bottom. Uh, I, for my, my first one would be Lost Boys. And it... I was trying to think of movies that wasn't necessarily, I didn't want them to be like Evil Dead, you know, some of those where it's like, is it scary or is it kind of campy, scary horror films? So, but Lost Boys, I did want to throw on the list. That was, that movie made such an impact with me with the whole vampire thing and just killer story and 
I just I loved it. So that's that's why I got it on my number ten right now. Right on. Did it make anybody else's list? No. The Lost Boys. I've never seen it. You've never seen The Lost Boys. It you know, does, we, uh, we did a watch party not too long ago, you know. <laughs> I was going to say, they did a watch party, yeah. Well, it wouldn't have mattered. It, the reason I haven't seen it is because it doesn't appeal to me. Maybe if I watched it, I would change my mind. It's just, it's not one of those at the top of my list. Yep. I can see that. I, I, um, we're going to have to ask you to leave. <laughs> yeah. So. I, I knew once he said that, he's like, he's going to piss off Kenny at least. <laughs> the Lost Boys uh, had the original sparkly vampires, by the way. Everybody gives Twilight shit for being the sparkly vampires, but the Lost Boys actually uh, uh, V. Neal put glitter in the blood and in the makeup <laughs> effects. So if you actually look, you can see the glitter as they're sparkling. So, so yes, the sparkle vampires started with the Lost Boys. <laughs> okay. Um, Brad, come back because we need your pick now. It's, it's Brad's pick now. It's his first pick. I got kicked off. Well, now you're back. I I said ask you to leave. You didn't have to. (laughs) It was just a request. (laughs) Maybe I was a bit eager. (laughs) Maybe. That's fair. All right. So, Brad, what is your... Again, it doesn't have to be in order, but give us your first pick of the night. Okay. Um, Let's go with The Mist. Not that weird TV show they're doing now, but Frank Darabont's movie adaptation of this... Stephen King novella, The Mist. Uh, Uh, It's not a movie that when I watch it, like there's creatures in it. The creatures don't really scare me. Marsha Gay Harden scares me. And then the ending traumatizes me. But I love it. Nonetheless, (laughs) Marsha Gay Harden scares him. It scares me too, because that is what our grandmother would have done in that situation. Quite possibly. Quite possibly. (laughs) (laughs) I remember we watched that together for the first time with like our stepbrothers and stuff. And we were enjoying the movie and then we stopped to go get food. And it was like 10 minutes before the movie ended. We ate, we came back, we watched the last 10 minutes. And we're like, what? <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't remember that. Was I actually there with you that time? Yeah. The feel good yeah. ending. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, it's kind of a, um, an underrated movie. It's not one that gets talked about a lot when people talk about like great horror movies, but that ending alone really makes it worth a watch. Um, I can't, I don't really, I, I don't really want to talk about it without, you know, I can't really talk about it without spoiling it. So I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to say The movie's that. been out for a hot minute. So I think you can yeah, go ahead and talk about it. The ending is too, I, I can't ruin it for anyone who hasn't seen it. I just, I'll just give the premise of what the film is. Um, Let's see, Tom Jane and Andre Brower, who plays his next door neighbor, go into a uh, supermarket in their small town after you know a storm passes through the night before. And then while they're in there in the supermarket, uh, more of a grocery store than a supermarket. But anyway, uh, while they're in there, a mysterious mist comes rolling into the town and it just kind of lingers there. And people start come, you know, running in from the parking lot saying there's something out in the mist. And they all kind of get freaked out. And sure enough, there is something out in the the mist. And they're having to hold up in the the market where they're at for the duration of the movie. And all of these people being stuck together in one place against their will, more or less, just trying to survive. uh, They tend to turn on each other. Kind of turns into 
I don't know, just a bit of a nightmare for them. Like more of a nightmare inside than it would be outside for some characters. And I'll just leave it at that. I, mm -hmm. I really enjoy, it's a bit more psychological as well because Marsha Gay Harden, like her character is a religious nut who's convincing everyone that it's the end of days and that it's like, you know, the Rev, you know, book of revelations happening to them. And when you watch the movie, there is a good chance that she's right. Like she could be spot on of what's going on. Um, but she's still kind of the antagonist of the movie. And it's just a very interesting watch. I'll just leave it at that. This is Frank Darabine before he did The Walking Dead. And if you watch this movie, half the original cast of The Walking Dead is in well, half, half the cast yeah. came from Shawshank with Frank Darabont as well. So, <laughs> right. Uh, had, had you guys read the story prior to seeing the movie? I actually did not. Not okay. prior to seeing the movie. Um, I know what, how the story, the, the original novella ends. And right. I know how it, it doesn't quite go to the same lengths that the movie does. Like the movie takes what the novella did and it's like, okay, well let's realize that just a little bit better. Right. And I think Stephen King said about it that he really loved the way the movie ended. Like, I think in a way he kind of prefers it to his own novellas ending, which that's, I think that's pretty high praise. If you're doing an adaptation for Stephen King and he says he likes the way you did it better than he did. Yeah. Right on. It was is uh, we forgot to ask this earlier. Is the mist on anybody else's list? No. Is the lost? I Boys forgot Boys. about it until he said it. Like we, I said, it's not one that's thought of often. We skipped the lost boys. Is the lost boys on anybody else's list? I no, do have it on mine. All right. Did you have it on yours? Okay. Yeah, we'll get to it. Nice. All right. Cool. All right, Curtis, you are up with your first pick of the night. I'm going to start out strong with. John Carpenter's The Thing. Now, this is a movie that has followed me since my senior year in high school. I remember a friend of mine brought in an old VHS tape in our graphics tech class. And we all sat around in this cramped little closet room, whatever, where we had like six like video editing bags. Yeah, but it was like smaller. You had like these six TVs stacked up on top of VCRs. Plugged that in and watched, like, six or seven of us watched it. Had a blast, and it's always been sort of my go-to when I want to watch something great, something with a lot of really good special effects, a lot of good acting, good direction. And it's a movie that just, even when I watched it, what, a month ago with you, I'm still just sort of amazed by certain aspects of it, like even the filmmaking, like stuff I didn't notice before. Right. Oh, yeah, we were what we watched it about a month ago, he and I did. And just even on the rewatch, I've seen it, like, 30 times probably if not more and i'm sure he might probably have seen it more but we were watching it and just still picking up things we hadn't quite noticed before right and we were actually doing some contact tracing <laughs> for the movie this last go around <laughs> figuring out who got infected first who and then who did they infect Tr after trying that? to trying to trace like who did this did Wilford Brimley get infected when did he really put the eraser of his pencil in there and then stick it in his mouth? Like you <laughs> sick fuck. <laughs> you have yeah, diabetes. Movies like yeah, movies like The Thing and The Mist play differently during a pandemic than they did originally when they were released. Because <laughs> when you're watching like The Mist, you're like, you know, nobody went and grabbed all the toilet paper. And that's really what everybody did when during the pandemic. Ooh, grab all the right. toilet paper first. You would have thought somebody would have been there like hoarding the toilet paper like 
back off, fuckers. I got the toilet paper. And, <laughs> and, got, the, and like you, you said, with the thing, with you're the like, you're contact tracing the thing. Like, you know, it's like none of us would have done that prior to the pandemic. But it's I'm funny just saying, how if these... you got a shower with a sprayer, you don't need the, the toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so was uh, the thing on anybody else's list? Uh, I do have it on mine as well. Yeah. Well, so that's three. All three right. of us. All right. Cool. We'll I have to ask, when you watched it for the first time, did Mr. Preston, like the teacher, come in when you were all cramped in that room and ask what the fuck you were doing? I mean, I'm sure he did several times. <laughs> I remember there's a funny little PS to that. After <laughs> what kind of circle that, jerks going on in this room? No, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't finish last, thankfully. <laughs> so a little while after that, a friend of mine and I were trying to like do like some sort of video that was kind of making fun of like those old diabetes commercials with Wilford Brimley. Right. Why? I don't know. It just like, it, was, matter. it was an idea. So we were on our, our teacher's computer looking up, trying to see if we could find any video, download it or something. I remember this. And then like Poor 30 man. or 40 minutes goes by. He's on the computer and, and it's the real. teacher. The teacher is. It's dead quiet. And he goes, who the hell was looking up Wilford Brimley? <laughs> Porn. <laughs> just right in the middle of class. It's like you'd expect kids look up porn. No, we were looking up Wilford Brimley. <laughs> the teacher was disappointed at that point. <laughs> Damn, what's like, wrong with those kids? <laughs> you let you let me down today. <laughs> it's a cocoon on my screen. You know when they filmed that, Wilford Brimley was twenty three years old. <laughs> Believe it or not. May he rest right. in peace. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's see. So it's a, back to me, I guess. So my next pick, I'm going with the movie Scream. Because that movie was the first movie I can think of that wasn't a parody that broke it all down and talked about the rules. And at the same time, it's, you know, it's very meta, very, you know, as it's talking about shit, that's what is going down. And it was the first time I had seen that in a way that wasn't, like I said, there wasn't a parody where somebody was like, Oh, look at this. Ha ha ha. It was very, it took itself seriously, but not so seriously that it was like a drama. It was still a horror film. It's still fun, you know, but, uh, and then of course the, the, the opening scene where they, you know, they Ned Stark, the Drew Barrymore right off the bat. They they pulled a Janet Lee on her. Yeah, exactly. Right off the bat. She's dead. So, um, too bad she wasn't in the shower. Yeah, uh, that's a different film. Uh, but yeah, they uh, it, it just it just kind of it's it's reinvigorated horror. I think in a lot of ways. Prior to that, it was just sequels of slasher movies. Um, poorly. Right, it was like Halloween Six. Yeah, pretty much. Friday the Thirteenth, oh Twenty Seven, Freddy's Back Again. <laughs> Freddy's got him. Yeah, so like that. It was the first time that uh, that they had like. Okay, let's do something original here, and uh, it kind of changed it for the foreseeable for like the next ten years. Um, it it kind of planted a flag, and horror had to move. It wasn't just sequels to eighty slashers anymore. So, Scream gets my pick, my second pick. Anybody else have that on their list? Uh, I had it as a maybe. I wasn't one hundred percent sure on it. I watched it when it came out of the theaters, and I've never seen it again since. I think I watched it a few times in the theater, and then yeah, I don't think I've seen it since either. But it's—I feel like it's gotten better. It probably has. It's on my list. So I'll talk about it more. But yeah, I'm sure we'll get to it again. Come cool. to it. Right on. All right, so let's go to Kenny's second pick of the night. What do you got for your next pick, Kenny? 
Uh, American Werewolf in London. That okay. one. <laughs> uh, God, it's been just, forever since I've seen that. Yeah, and it's it was just something that, you know, being younger when it came out, I've always loved werewolves and has always been the old, <sighs> you know, werewolf movies and stuff. And then it's like, oh, okay, this probably won't be too bad. You know, I'm sure that's what my mom was thinking. And uh, <laughs> just the way they would transform and they looked like they were in real agony as opposed to a dip off screen. And now I'm a werewolf, you know, <laughs> or the time the lapse, story. like frame by frame. Yeah. Yeah. And just everything about it was just like, oh my, even as a kid, it was part scary but it was also part like wow this is amazing what they've done with you know they can do with everything so it really sparked my interest in werewolves again and just that whole kind of scary movie type stuff so that's why it's on the list right on. yeah that's the first yeah. time i remember seeing it a werewolf transformation look like it fucking hurt <laughs> it's like oh right. that looks like that that's agony that's why you don't want to be a werewolf i mean Sure, the full moon, you run around, you kill people, you feel bad about it or whatever, but <laughs> but the whole, like, the actual physical pain of the transformation is like, oh, now I see why it's a curse. Yeah. Well, the bones cracking, the tendons. Yeah. Things just elongating just, and stretching. Yeah. And, yeah. It was crazy. Definitely got a lot you of... Know, it's more body horror than it is werewolf movie at that point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jenny, I don't think it would take much for you to dress up like a werewolf, to be honest. <laughs> You're kind of halfway there. <laughs> just just some the gloves. Yeah, just get some gloves. You're good. <laughs> oh. There you go. Anybody else have American Werewolf in London on their list? I didn't. Uh-uh. No? <clears throat> like I said, it's been forever since I've seen that. I remember seeing that as a kid, and it kind of freaked me out, those transformation scenes. Yeah. And I don't know if I've seen it since. It's been a movie that I've been kind of wanting to revisit just because it's been so long. I don't remember a whole lot from it anymore. Did you guys ever see American Werewolf in Paris? Yeah, that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not good at all. I don't know, man. You know, listening or watching you say that and how you kind of leaned in reminded me of, uh, <laughs> oh, I can't remember that movie, but he's like, you ever look at a dollar bill? Like, really look at <laughs> it? <man?" laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what it made me think of. All right, so uh, Brad, give us your second pick of the night. Oh, second pick for the night. Let's see. Which one of these do I want to... Oh, let's... Fuck it. Let's I, fuck I, it. All right. I, oh, what's <laughs> what, what's Gather that, around, that? ladies and gentlemen. That's I'm going to deviate, deviate <laughs> slightly from horror and go more into a horror comedy. And okay. I'm going to say Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Um, I, you know, when that movie came out, I remember seeing promotions for, and I think apparently like most audiences, I, I skipped it, um, just because it didn't actually appeal to me at first. Cause I didn't know what the fuck the movie was. And then it wasn't until I think like, I showed two you. years ago, maybe two or three years ago, I saw a, a single scene from the movie. Yeah. I showed and it. It's like, this is amazing. I have to watch the rest <laughs> of it. Which scene was and it? And it was the scene. Yeah, huh? Which scene was it? It was the scene where uh, Alan Tudyk has the chainsaw and he's cutting into a log. Yeah. And there, it's a hollowed out log that's got a bee's nest in it. And he, of course, hits the bee's nest and the bee starts stinging him. So he's running away with the chainsaw. 
and the college kids that are out in the woods who think they're hillbilly psychopaths see him come running out from behind this old decrepit log cabin like with a chainsaw, chainsaw man, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just wailing it around and chasing after one of the kids right. unintentionally. And just the looks that Alan Tudyk was even giving the kid. It's like, this is just great. I have to watch <laughs> the rest of it. Yeah, And then I ended up catching it online later, like like a week later, and fucking loved it. And it's one I've revisited a lot since because it, it was instantly a favorite of mine. Yeah, I was also kind of <laughs> late to the party, but holy shit, what are you drinking, Kenny? Oh, never Water. mind. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, it's a party now. No. Um, yeah, I too came to the... <laughs> came to the movie late and uh yeah it's it's fantastic hey, speaking of drinking uh <laughs> we tried that one mead that uh, elderberry. Suggest- yeah the elderberry and, yeah and it was really good and then now they brown derby cannot get it in are you because serious? of covid stuff so right. like no, every sure. time we go back we can't get it so we're trying a couple of the other meads that they have the- Camelot's really good. I really like Camelot. It's, yeah, we tried that. that. That was good. Did you um, put the mulling spices in it? Have you done uh, that? Uh-uh. Oh, man. The mulling spices with it? Oh, delicious. Okay. i have to do that. I'm assuming this is the uh, the drink that you got drunk on the podcast and we're trying to plug. Oh, uh, there's a couple times. <laughs> I, I, think I, I, <laughs> I, I plugged Camelot like a long time ago, and then I plugged Elderberry far more recently but you know and then you got cut off maybe i don't know that (laughs) night i drank elderberry is that that the night we kept mutant (laughs) right on did anybody else have tucker and dale versus evil on their list i i almost put it on there but i didn't i totally forgot about that movie (laughs) all right so you said the chainsaw coming around the thing i was like oh yeah i remember that yeah i remember the wood chipper scene (laughs) Are you oh, okay? <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Curtis, your second pick of the night. Second pick. Um, I'm gonna. This is probably the most recent movie that's come out that's on my list. Okay. And um, I mean, if you don't think it's horror, just shout it out. The Lighthouse. I think it's horror. I had it on my short list, but then I cut it because I it didn't make my ten. So, but yeah, no, I I'd, I'd go it's with a horror. bit more psychological, but I'll, I'll it's give still it. horror. Yeah, psychological you know, horror. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm gonna say it. I'm not impressed by anything horror much these days when it comes out, like newer stuff. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, I have a really hard time. Just there's either too much CG or the 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 plot or the writing is too generic or bland and. I don't know the, the too many possessions. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, the the lighthouse was a nice refresher, and it was just straight up fucking weird. And <laughs> yes, <crazy>. it was <laughs> so fucking weird, and it was funny too. Like it was, it was funny in a lot of parts. So he's like, "I'm so sick of your fucking fights." So, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if I had a steak, I would fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> That movie is uh, worth watching with with the captions on <laughs> at least yeah. once, I think. Because, yeah, it's it's just straight up weird, but it is definitely horror, a psychological horror film. I, I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> that scene where they're arguing and Willem Dafoe's like, you don't like my cooking. And he's like, <laughs> oh, stop being a little bitch. <laughs> oh, my God. Just I feel like 
there, you know, I've, I've been trapped with people before. <laughs> Again, another movie that plays like I get it. I another get movie that just like another strangle that person. Another movie <laughs> that plays differently during the quarantine <laughs> than it did prior to. That's true. <laughs> Was that on anybody else's list? No. Like I said, I had it, but it didn't make my ten. It was on my short list. You had a dream about this? Yeah, like it just went into the sink to wash my the uh, Dorito dust off my fingers, and then had a deja vu and looked over at Curtis in his Halloween costume. I was like, "Fuck, I've dreamt this." (laughs) (laughs) And I remember waking up in the dream, going, "Why the fuck were we quoting the lighthouse? And what the fuck was on Curtis's head?" I think we yeah. all had this dream before, so it's cool. It's all right. I mean, I look, I look more like, like I said earlier, I look more like hippie Jesus than I do Chong. So, fair enough. A little bit of a dude. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say little, little Lebowski in there as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So all right, my so going back to the top, right? What's that? Going back up to the top. So that's you, right? Yep. Uh, my number three pick on the night. Uh, this is about, again, I've kind of slotted them in order, and this is where I had the thing, so I'm going to go ahead and throw that one out there. Um, we've talked about it, so I don't know if we need to talk about it anymore, but yeah. another. What was your experience with it? I Just being amazed at the effects more than anything. I mean, it's not so much scary as it is just like, oh, that shit's cool. Oh, that's cool. And knowing that, I mean, this is all pre-CG, all of it's all practical, and it's just like, right. oh, it's, watch it. The you first time you watch it, the, yeah, the first time you watch it, you're like, you've never seen that on film before. As just, you and probably not even really since, at least not that effective. Not like that, no. So, yeah, it's yeah. just, it's more of a master class in effects work than anything else. And then the, the end of it, I mean, it's just, you know, Kurt Russell's just cool throughout the whole movie, so... Yeah. yeah, and then and, and, and it's kind of like it's not the mist, but again, the ending is like it's not you know it doesn't wrap up in a nice bow and nobody rides off into the sunset. So um, yeah, yeah, it's not quite a happy ending. No, no, not a happy but it, ending. But it's, it's a great not, ending. Again, it's not it's, the mist. It's the perfect ending for it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that's where I had the thing. So we've talked about it a little bit. Let's go to Kenny for your next pick. Kenny, what do you got? Um, on this one, I got Hellraiser. Nice. Just because uh, that is, he's still iconic. He was iconic from the second he was on screen, and it just stuck with me. And just the whole premise of it all was a little, little weird, little (laughs) dark. You know, just a little sexy, a little dark, little. Yeah. So I mean, that I I was just why it kind of made my list. It's just it was so different when it came out. I like movies that are like. Not the normal, you know, because something will get success and then 10 more movies kind of come out like it. And this was like, whoa, you know, so. Unfortunately, the sequels weren't that great. No. No. That's why I said <laughs> Hellraiser, the first one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'll be yeah, looking through here. I don't know that there's going to be too many sequels to talk about tonight, but we'll see. There might, not be, a my list. There not, there might be a couple. I don't know. Cool. Did anybody else have Hellraiser on their list? No, that is one that I did. I was late to the game and seeing, and I did enjoy it a lot. A friend of mine uh, that I used to work with, it was a go-to for her and her husband every Halloween. So I remember talking a lot of horror with her, and that was one that she really, really enjoyed and encouraged me to watch. And I'm glad I did because it's it's a great movie. So Yep. Right on. Cool. So let's go to Brad for your third pick. Brad, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to throw out a John Carpenter movie. 
Imagine that. Called Christine. Oh, okay. Another, another Stephen King adaptation. A bit yeah. of an, an odd one in the horror genre, honestly. Um, but probably the most iconic, like, one of the most iconic uh, cars in movie history. Um, 58 Plymouth Fury uh, that comes alive and kills people. And it sounds ridiculous. And to a degree, it kind of is. But I love it nonetheless. Um, but this movie is more than just a horror movie. This movie is a coming-of-age story about a little dweeb high school kid who pretty much, he gets his first car, and it's like he just had sex for the first time. <laughs> and he turns into the biggest asshole that you could ever meet. And Brad can really relate. No. <laughs> it, 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 is kind of a, it's more, it is kind of a love story between a boy and his car. It yeah. really is. And literally, his the girl he eventually starts dating gets jealous of the car, and the car gets jealous of her and tries to murder her and everything. Do you think and there's a scene that's missing where it's just him fucking the back of the car, like uh, the SNL skit? Is it? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what SNL skit. Is it? Is it the? To. Is it the gas tank or the tailpipe? You think? Do you think it takes the tailpipe? Or? The tailpipe. Tailpipe sounds. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Oh, it's like, trust me. Yeah. Why is he Australian? <laughs> well, those weird anyway. things they show where people have sex with cars, it's always in the tailpipe. So. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, the that's when the teacher walked in and said, who's been looking at people fucking cars on my computer? <laughs> <laughs> and Wilford Brimley. What the fuck? That's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Good. Just this feels like a good place to pause and make sure nobody has like maximum overdrive on their list, right? No, because no. I'm looking at Brad and all these. He's got a couple of Stephen no. Kings, so I'm just making sure. I do have a couple of Stephen Kings, don't I? <laughs> you do. Yeah. All right. Was Christine on anybody else's list? No, was on, was on Kenny's. Like I was, like I was yeah. telling Brad earlier, that's always been one that he's really been into. That I've like I've seen here and there, but I've, it's not really caught my attention. Like it's probably. The, my favorite scene of that movie, I just got to talk about it. It's the scene where Arnie, the main character who owns the car, has kind of like put it together that Christine's alive and he's in the auto shop and he just kind of like, he he's staring at the car and he's like, all right, show me. And then the car starts fixing itself. And I love on the commentary, John Carpenter said, it's like, Imagine like you're about to have sex for the first time and you're asking her to strip naked for you. <laughs> and just the way that scene plays out is hilarious. Apparently it is the subtext of that. You don't scene. even have to ask her to strip naked. You just be like, show me. And if <laughs> she does, <laughs> I guess. Did you ever see that uh, American Dad episode where Stan buys the hot tub? No. But it's a straight up Christine homage. And yeah. the hot tub kills people. <laughs> no. <laughs> It rings a bell, actually, but I don't remember. Anyways. All right, Curtis, what do you got for your third pick of the night? Well, I'll go ahead and since Scream's already been talked about, I'll go ahead and talk about it some more. All right. Um, this was a last-minute ad addition because I did take did, – did do some more uh, thinking, and I went ahead and put this on here and took another one off. Scream was like when – I, when I was a kid, it was when this came out, I didn't get half of like – the meta stuff or right. the homages. And I just remember it being sort of serious. And I remember watching it with like a lot of people, a lot of adults. And it was like, Oh, Courtney Cox is from friends. Let's watch this movie. <laughs> right. And, and I remember being like, Oh, who's the killer? Oh, this guy's got boots. The killer had boots. It's really 
stupid. <laughs> I know. But um It's the kind it's of shit a, that a movie with that, like, Yeah. It stuck with me. I watched the sequels, some better, some worse. Um but as I keep rewatching it as I get older, I think it gets better and better and better and better. And I get the references because I've gone through and watched all those movies that they're homaging. I, the one scene that really sticks out for me um, within the last few years of rewatching it is when like uh, Deputy Dewey is going into the house and he's got the gun and he's looking around. But all you hear because Halloween is on TV but you hear the Halloween score in the background and it's right. just like, okay, I know what you're doing, but it works. Right. Like the music sets up the scene in the movie. Yep. It's yeah. It's just one of those. It's, you know, um, Wes Craven, he's just going to be missed. I'll just say that. Yeah. I think if that movie were directed by anyone other than Wes Craven, it probably would not have worked, you know, but because you had someone who was already an iconic horror movie. Unless it was Slack John Carpenter. Yeah. John Carpenter. He, um, yeah. He actually somebody with done pedigree. something similar already with the Freddy movie. Right. The one New Nightmare? New uh, Nightmare, yeah. Didn't quite work there. Not as no, well as but it was, thing. yeah, but that's where he was headed with it, yeah. Cool. Right. Did anybody else have Scream we talked about already? Did anybody else have Scream on their list? I, I don't no. know that we asked with that one. That's why I, I had it as a maybe, but I, I didn't commit to it. Scream 2. No. No, no. All right. <laughs> I picked so, that one over Scream 3. <laughs> right. All right, so my fourth pick of the night. It's funny that we just talked about Scream, and we talked about it twice, um, because this movie does a little bit of what Scream did, but they do it in a completely different direction. And Scary I'm movie? Going with Cabin in the Woods <laughs> for my Cabin point. in the Woods. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it's the same thing. It takes all those meta things, the tropes and all that, and completely doesn't just play with the tropes, but it's like, fuck it, let's make... This you know, these assholes who are c- killing people, controlling death, um, you know, are just office jackasses who've got you know the murder board, you know, taking bets on what they're going to pick, and it, it's just I, I don't know. There's so much good about it. The way they take the tropes and just turn them on their heads, and watching you know as shit breaks down, and you know they're scrambling to make you know these deaths happen, and. And and then another one with an ending where you're like, oh shit, that didn't end the way I thought that was going to. So, um, right, a lot of fun. I like so yeah, a lot of fun. It's you know, it's it's got uh, it's just it's just a fun horror film that again you have to be aware of the things it's talking about for it to really land. But uh, Cabin in the Woods certainly is one of my favorites. Is it on anybody else's list? It almost made my list, but it didn't didn't quite get there. It's interesting that we've not had a whole lot of crossovers so so far. I, I'm I'm okay with that because yeah, it gives us more to talk about. It. Yeah, cool. We'll see uh, as we you get know, I, love, I really liked Cabin in the Woods. I was kind of late getting to it because I remember when it came out. I'm like, oh, what what the fuck is this? Right. And then I actually watched. It, I was like, oh, this is this kind of great. This is kind of smart. <laughs> and, yeah. Oh, it, it it ends with a Nine Inch Nails song. Even better. Great. <laughs> very, very nice. <laughs> All right, Kenny. Let's go to you for your fourth pick tonight. What do you got? Um, I'm going to be quick because we already talked about it, Christine. Nice. And uh, for me, it was just, I, if you know me, you know I love cars. So that brought me to the movie. Right. And just uh, later on as a teenager, a buddy of mine had a car that <laughs> every time you'd go and like if you hit a bump, the uh, locks on the car would go and do it like four times. Right. Every time. And then, like, you'd be going, you'd listen to a station, and then it would turn to a different station. 
and sometimes the windshield wipers would just come on. And so we, we nicknamed it Christine. And so that's why <laughs> that movie kind of held a little something for me. Cause I kind of got to experience a little bit of crazy cars. So. We, you know, we fucked it in the tailpipe. It was a good fight. I'm telling you, there's an SNL skit. I think it's, like Will Ferrell's in it, and it's like, you know, it's like a car. It's like a new car coming out, and it's just they 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 hump it from behind, and it's kind of I don't know. Whatever, I'll shut up. <laughs> I, think, I think there's a deleted scene of the Dukes of Hazard movie with Sean William Scott fucks the General Lee, but I could be mistaken. I think it was more overtones than anything else. Fair enough. All right. So we got, so Christine's a crossover. We've had three crossovers so far, so we'll see what we end up with in the night. Brad, go to you for your next pick. What's your fourth pick of the night? Oh, I might as well throw it out there. (laughs) I'm going to go with the 1972 television movie, the night stalker, which is the origin of the character, Carl Kolshak played by uh, Darren McGavin. Um, very much a cult classic at this point, not very well remembered by anyone, certainly under the age of 50. <laughs> um, like, like very few under the age of 50 know what the fuck I'm talking about. But this is the movie that later inspired, you know, create, like inspired the television series that also Dear McGavin and would eventually go on to inspire Chris Carter when he was developing the X-Files. Um, but I watched this recently like within the past couple of years and i don't remember i was sitting at my dad's house and i think we were watching some old movie and like darren mcgavin popped up in the movie and my dad's like oh that's kolshak like, who and my dad started telling me about watching you know kolshak back when he was a kid was over 50. yeah <laughs> but he was talking to me about watching kolshak back when he was a kid and how it kind of inspired the x-files and stuff I was like, okay so i looked into it and it sounded really interesting and I saw that the original TV movies were written by Richard Matheson, who is perhaps well known, as, most well known as the author of the book or novella that uh, I Am Legend is based off of. And I, it's one of my favorite books. And I was like, okay, so this has already intrigued me. And then Richard Matheson wrote the script. I have to watch this. So I ended up buying it from eBay and loved it. It's um, it's not based off of uh, Richard Matheson's story. It was based on an unpublished novel by someone else, but it very much feels like, like a, a Richard Matheson story when you watch it. Um, and it's about a kind of a Las Vegas newspaper reporter who's kind of past his prime, um, like, you know, wearing 10 year old suits as everyone kind of gets some crap for and everything like that. And he, starts investigating a series of murders around the Las Vegas area that initially everyone thinks is a, a serial killer. But as the more he investigates, the more he comes to learn that it's actually a vampire loose in Las Vegas attacking people at night. And no one else seems to believe him because of course, it's 1970s Las Vegas vampires don't exist. Surely. And as the movie progresses, of course, it turns out, no, they were all wrong. This vampire is very real. And Kolchak's the only one who uh, is aware of what this creature truly is. And it's up to him to kind of stop it. And it's just, it kind of holds up for being a 1970s TV movie. I remember watching it the first time, even the stunt work some, in a couple scenes, like, damn, they got away with this on the television budget way back in the day. Um, 
It's one I've, I've rewatched uh, even recently, and I, I could go on talking about it a little bit like, longer. I rewatched it two days ago. I rewatched it and its sequel, so. Yeah, the sequel's not as good, but it's not terrible. It's not terrible. Yeah. I actually, it was funny because um, I remember I used to, I still do, like, I'll go to, like, rare DVD sites where they're, like, out of print stuff. Right. I remember seeing the Kolchak double feature DVD. As, like, a rare DVD. As thing. a rare DVD. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then, like, a week later, I go to the show and at the at at a at the house at the house and like i see it sitting on the table like okay <laughs> it's not <laughs> that rare obviously I, I just ordered it. <laughs> the world wants us to watch this and yeah. yeah i like i like that stuff so yeah it's good good movies right on anybody else i'm guessing nobody else had it probably on not. their list i thought about well, it and i just gotta say there has been attempts for a revival and i think edgar wright was even attached to direct with johnny depp starring Darren McGavin is like the perfect person to play that character. And I cannot think of anyone else who really, he didn't like my Brian Cranston. He keeps saying Brian Cranston. I don't see it. I do, but he worked on X-Files for an episode. doesn't matter. Anyway, just Darren McGavin, the casting on that movie is just phenomenal. Right on. All right, let's go to Curtis for your fourth pick of the night. Curtis, what you got? All right, I've got the 1978 Invasion of the Body Snatchers, starring Donald Sutherland, Jeff Goldblum, and Leonard fucking Nimoy. That's right. And, and Brooke Adams. Oh, yeah. She's kind of the second lead in that movie. Brooke Adams. Yeah, yeah. Brooke fucking Adams. <laughs> yeah. God, how can you forget that? I know, but she's not as iconic, I, I hate to say it, as the other three that I listed. Every one of them has Days something. Um, I remember this came on a long time ago at my dad's house and I was like what the fuck is this movie it's got Spock and Dr. Malcolm and the guy uh, who's the dad of Kiefer Sutherland (laughs) (laughs) that's all you do him for (laughs) and I watched it's like oh this is good it's like camera work in this is great it's kind of paranoia you don't know who's who it's kind of like it's kind of like the thing where you don't know who's who and and maybe if you do know, it's kind of like creepy and it's, yeah, it's, it's just a great, it's a great little uh, movie. And having been in San Francisco, I realized, oh, I've, I've been to a lot of these places and I didn't fucking realize it. <laughs> yeah, that was unfortunate. He and I both went to San Francisco and didn't realize until, didn't realize until I watched the movie the following Halloween, like in a movie theater, they were doing a screening of it. And I was like, wait a minute, I've fucking been there. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't we get photos? We, like we were right there at the end where the end of the movie took place. We could have taken you know, reenacted that final scene. And it's it's a it's a great it's a great movie. The ending of that movie, I remember uh it's <laughs> just creeps you out. It creeps you out, like the, the shrieking and the pointing, and I remember seeing something like that in South Park. And then like even <laughs> in South Park it creeped me the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> like I hadn't even seen Invasion of the Body Snatchers yet. It was like an episode where they're all trying to chase down Britney Spears, I think. Or some or Paris Hilton. I don't oh, know. paparazzi chasing her down. Paparazzi chasing her down, and this one just like and freaked me out. <laughs> but yeah, and it's also one of my favorite jokes in Community. Yes, that was a great moment in that episode. In the uh, the Glee episode when yeah. they homage that scene. But yeah, it's, it's it's a great little great little movie. If if I had anything negative to say about that movie i mean fuck it. it's it came out in the 70s i don't care if it's spoiled right. um there's a scene in the movie where you find out as an audience that leonard nimoy is a pod person before the other characters find out i feel like they kind of shot their wad there we should have found cheated. out yeah 
We should have found out with the other characters. Yeah, I kind of agree with that, too. But other than that, it's a great movie. So, right on. Did anybody else have Invasion of the Body Snatchers on their list? Any version of it? Okay. I uh, had the same version on my list because I've seen all of the adaptations of that movie. Right. And that yeah. was by far my favorite. We actually met someone who worked on the 90s version a long time ago. She was going to direct the... Oh, shit. We did. She yeah. was going to direct... She was the casting director for the 90s version. Yeah, but she was she's going to <laughs> I forgot who she was. The Bonnie and Clyde remake. They yeah. never happened. But they were going to shoot in Joplin, so they were like auditioning extra you know, local shit. talent. More so or we, less. we got to meet her, but that movie never came to. Which was fine. Me. It wasn't it was the probably better casting. that way. <laughs> yeah, they, they had Hillary Duff, I think, as Bonnie. I say it was going to be that great. <laughs> this is a Disney life. Channel movie. That's awesome. <laughs> the yeah, Disney Hillary Channel Duff version of Bonnie from Airbud. Oh yeah, Zach <laughs> something. Yeah, was the kid. Uh, he was in. Or he was in Dawn of the, the Dawn of the Dead remake. But yeah, anyways, wasn't a great cast. <laughs> It doesn't sound like it. All right. My fifth pick of the night. It is, I thought I would have more of these, but I don't. It's the only anthology film I have because there are some great horror anthology films out there. Is it Creepshow? It is not Creepshow. I am above Creepshow. I'm taking Trick or Treat. The oh, Mike Doherty okay. film from 2010, 2011, 2012, whenever it was, it was shot like in the in the aughts, like the 20 aughts sometime, and then it didn't get released, and it was only a limited release in theaters, and then it hit like DVD and home video, so people were like, what the fuck, this is great. Uh, I've been wanting to watch it. I saw the trailer for it a long time ago, and it had like Dylan Baker and the kid from Bad Santa when he was still a kid. It's got a shitload of good. Uh, Dan Poplin, right? Uh, I just uh, remember thinking it looked it, interesting. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. It uh, it is it's it's an anthology series set on Halloween. The the framing device is this little kid named Sam who's got this kind of burlap sack head, and he looks like an old ratty pair of uh, like a onesie PJs. And uh, you think he's just a you know some poor kid out trick or treating, but there's more to the story, and they work him into it. But uh, you think all these stories are just one off anthologies? Like, like, oh, that was a cool story. Oh, that's a cool story. But then you start to see the connecting threads, and then it's all just one story, and it's pretty cool the way they pull it off. Um, another fantastic werewolf transformation scene where you're like, oh, shit, that's pretty cool. Uh, there's just so much about it, and and it's it's a little bit meta, but not, not Scream, not Cabin in the Woods, but there are a few things where it's like, yeah, I yeah, I see what they're doing here and stuff. So um, it, it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's more fun. It's not again. It's not it's not scary. Um, it's just it's a lot of fun to sit down and watch. Uh, Brian Cox is in it. Uh, it's just it's it's a great movie. Um, so I've got Trick or Treat. It's about halfway down my list, but uh, it's it's the number one anthology horror anthology on my list. Nice above Creep Show. Believe it or not. Wow. <laughs> Creep show and creep show too. Yeah, especially creep show too. All right, anybody so, anybody have trick or treat on their list? Did not. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I've wanted to for years. Well, there you go. There's your reason to go check it out. Cool, Kenny. Let's go to you for your number five pick of the night. Um, that would be Poltergeist. Mm. And that movie I saw again when I all these I pretty much saw when I was young and just left such an impression on me because I kind of always been into like okay or you know especially when you're little and you hear people talk about ghosts you know are they real or are they not real you know blah 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 this and that and it's just just everything about it was spooky and 
the static on the screen and the whole everything and just it, I just I don't know it just left an impression on me so again these aren't like my list isn't compelled of movies that I just love and blah blah because I'm not a big horror fan right. just never have been probably because I saw all this shit when I was a little kid so it doesn't do much for me but uh, but it's these are all shows that stuck with me left an impression and th- that was another one that did so right on very good. Anybody else have Poltergeist on their list? Do we know who directed that movie? We we have some theories. Yeah. About who may okay. or may not have directed that movie. <laughs> uh, let's see. Go to Brad for your fifth pick of the night. Brad, what do you got? Uh, it's, okay, I got a movie here. Curtis and I were actually debating on whether or not it counts as a horror movie. I'm going to count it. because It's a bit more body horror, <laughs> but I'm going to count it nonetheless. It's Annihilation. Uh, I think when did that come out? 2018, something like that. Uh, it's an Alex Garland, written and directed by Alex Garden, uh, Garland, stars Natalie Portman. Um, I'm talking about a trippy fucking movie. It's it's much. It's definitely a sci-fi movie with quite a bit of body horror and one particularly horrific scene. Maybe two or three. Well, there's one in particular that stands out above the rest. I think as being like the most unsettling thing I've seen in movies in recent years. Right. Um, like, you know, you see you know modern horror movies, they don't quite do it for you. This one scene did more for me than like a lot of your true horror movies from the past decade or so have done for me. Um, the bears. Yeah. But the, the, the premise of the movie is, I don't know if it's a meteorite or something crashes down, something, otherworldly crashes down into like a lighthouse off the coast of is it Florida, I think. <laughs> and uh, the army kind of sets up a kind of a quarantine of the area. And it kind of creates this big bubble sort of thing around where this object landed. And they call it the shimmer. And anytime you go in, you lose contact with the people who go in, but they're trying to figure out, what's inside of this and what to do about it. Cause it doesn't seem to be any um, obvious threat. Cause it's not like an alien invasion, the aliens attacking or anything, but it seems it's extraterrestrial in origin and it's just kind of there and it's expanding in size, but they don't know what the fuck it is. And so they have to send people inside to figure it out and figure out how the fuck to get rid of it, what to do about it. And you see Natalie Portman, Jennifer Jason Leigh, Tessa Thompson, Jenna, or is it Rodriguez? Something. Something like that. <laughs> doesn't matter. But anyway. Jane yeah, Virgin. Yeah, a team goes in, team of scientists goes in um, to investigate. And they find some of the previous, te- uh, you know, belongings, belonging uh, from the, the previous, one of the previous expeditions that included Oscar Isaac. Um, what I was remains say, of some of the previous expeditions of like the people who went on it. You that's, talk about that scene that's a standout. That that scene where they're watching uh, the the scene the the camera pre- the previous team on camera and then they're slicing open the guy and you see his intestines are just fucking tentacles moving back and forth. That was kind of a yeah. That, that's where the, some of the body horror comes in. But there's a one particular scene where a couple of characters, one character in particular goes a little bit stir crazy, ties up the others. And during that point, a fucking mutated bear comes in 
because everything that's under this bubble is getting pretty much like the DNA of everything under there is getting mixed up like in a fucking blender pretty much. So you get this bear with no face on its skull, but it's alive and it's got a human voice from one of the previous characters who had just died. And <laughs> while they're tied up, it comes in the room and every time it opens its mouth, all you're hearing is that character who died screaming in agony. And they're just, the bear has no fucking eyes, can't see them because it's just nothing on its face. But it can hear them and they're trying desperately to be quiet as it's just like right in next to them. Very tense, very horrific scene. Um, did way more for me than a lot of horror films have in the past decade or more. And so, yeah, that's my pick. Annihilation's a great movie. Yeah. I like the part where they uh, came upon Stephen King sitting in the woods, uh, turning into a moss man. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's the same story as Color Out of Space. It's the same story as whatever that's called, something Jordy Verrill. But it's done much more. It's done much better, I think, than <laughs> Color Out of Space. It's the same fucking story. <laughs> right on. Did anybody else have Annihilation on their list? Nope. No. All right. Curtis, let's go to you for your number five on the night. Let's go with Reanimator. The original. I'm surprised it's down this far. I guess you're not necessarily ranking them, but it, I'm not ranking. I'm just right. sort of going. I'm, I I have a list, but I'm just sort of picking and choosing how, whatever I feel in the moment. So, uh, so speaking Stuart of Lovecraftian, Martin, yeah, right. Speaking of uh, Reanimator, yeah, here we go. Barbara Crampton and her most vulnerable. Oh, you can't put that on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. You can barely see it. Um, I don't know. I, I was really late to the game with this. This movie came out in the eighties and you know, a lot of the eighties stuff. <laughs> so I did you. <laughs> yeah, I did too. Um, a lot of the eighties stuff I had discovered like, I don't know, 15 years ago, maybe more, but this movie has been within like, what is it? The last seven years. I don't yeah. know. And I don't know why, why, but it just, it stuck with me. It's, I know why it's, <laughs> it's campy. I think it's on your cup. Exactly. Why? <laughs> <laughs> For those watching that's, that's, online. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, you know, it's just, it's a weird fucking little movie. And it's Dr. Herbert West. He has a reagent to, that basically reanimates dead corpses. You know, I, I oh, love zombie, I, anything dead. I love zombie movies. Uh, that's probably pro the most, the main reason why I like this. But it's also campy. I love campy when it's done well. And it's got a charm to it, much more than any of the sequels. Although I will give a big shout out to Bride of Reanimator. It's a, it's a better movie than what some people say. Definitely a better movie than Beyond Reanimator. Um, but there's a lot of cool little effects in it. And, uh, and the acting's great. Jeffrey Combs is pretty great as Herbert West. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of a silly little 80s horror movie. It's it's kind of H.P. Lovecraft's attempt at a Frankenstein story. Yeah, a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely fucking weird. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely better than that uh, Lovecraft TV show we watched recently. At least in my opinion, Lovecraft. It, it actually has something to do with Lovecraft. You mean <laughs> in some <laughs> way, shape, or form? Yeah. And it makes a little more sense. Yeah. Even if it doesn't. Did anybody else have Reanimator on their list? No. Nope. All right. Probably not. We are keeping it. It's amazing how many different films we've got. All right, so I'm going to my sixth pick of the night. This is uh, 
I think. Okay, it's it's beginning. I've got a run of two zombie movies in a row. Um, so this will be the first of the two. I've got at my sixth pick what I think to be just about a perfect film. Uh, it is Train to Busan. Uh, oh, nice! It I is. It is basically a video game <laughs> as a movie, um, but it, it just because of the way they play it and the way the stakes keep raising and changing and twisting, and uh, it's a heavy character piece, um, and it's just fucking the the way the uh, the ending of it again. It's not to give anything away because I not everybody's seen it, but um, yeah, I haven't seen this one yet. I have it. I have it, but I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, you think it's one thing, but then the end of the movie, it's it's something completely different. Um, I've heard the sequel that was released was supposed to be in theaters this year. It was on video, direct-to-video because of the pandemic. I've heard it's absolute shit, but Train to Busan, this cool. the original, um, is fan-fucking-tastic. And if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth checking out. It's worth the hour and a half to two hours spent watching it. Um, again, not one that's scary. It's a drama set during a zombie apocalypse, but not a melodrama like The Walking Dead. <laughs> this is much different than that, and it's uh, it's it's a pretty it's pretty much damn near a perfect film from start to end. So, does anybody else have it on their list tonight? No, nobody else. You, it's a movie you do have to read, so <laughs> it is Korean. Which I, I'm surprised you haven't seen it, Curtis, because you're into Korean films and Korean. Horror. Yeah, it's like like I said, I had I have it downloaded. It's not a great copy. That's why I haven't watched it yet. Right. So, but I, you know, it's definitely on my list of things to watch. I've got it on my Netflix queue instead of downloaded like an asshole. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I've also got it on my Amazon Prime queue because it's on both platforms. Right. Uh, both streaming services, but it's just one I haven't managed to catch yet. Right on. All right, Kenny, let's go to you for your sixth pick of the night. What do you got? Hold on a second. It's got to be from 1978-ish. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Uh, I, I can't go a guess beyond that. Go ahead. What do you got for your next pick? Well, that's easy because, you know, like I said. I Amityville did, I Horror. It's on my list. I'm just talking about you. Go ahead. It's Jaws. Nice. And nice. that one was one that I was again young, and you know that was when we kind of first moved down here, or we were just coming and visiting maybe at that time. I don't know, but we were down here, and so my grandparents were like, "Hey, let's go do the fun Branson stuff. Like, let's go out on the boat." They had like a thing where the pirates would come up and they would pretend to rob you and stuff like that, and. Uh, <laughs> I guess I was looking off in the water and one of the pirates is like, what are you looking at kid? And I was like, I'm looking for jaws. And I guess it just ruined the whole rest of the thing. Cause <laughs> they couldn't stop laughing. And you know, all the people on board were laughing and stuff. So they're like, Oh, well, like, but it's something to, I mean, as an adult, you know, going into the, you know, going on vacations and going to the ocean and stuff, there's still that thought, you that know, from is. being a kid that I'm like, could there be something out there, you know, you know, just so I cut, which leads me to kind of, you know, liking movie or movies like uh, The Meg, you right. know, and stuff like that, that just. 
Right on. Yeah, it's uh, it, I like it. I just I like the dynamics once they actually get on the orca and go out after the everybody's trying to yeah everybody's trying to have you know flop their dicks out and see who's as bigger kind of thing so uh (laughs) it's fun i I enjoy that part of it for sure and the in the whole you know with cheap roadie and his the character and his relationships it's a lot of fun it's a good movie uh i i see every once in a while every summer some asshole will do like a drive-in only like it's people in inner tubes and shit like they all get in the water and they watch jaws like on the screen it's like fuck you guys <laughs> no, I know. I want to do that so bad. Yeah, I well, do you, do you let us know how that turns out. <laughs> All right, did anybody well, else? If we don't come back, then it went well. Yeah. Anybody else have Jaws on their yeah, list tonight? Too real. No, no, I didn't have it on that. I almost on. did put it on there, but I yeah. was sort of debating because it, you know, it's not really horror until towards the end when the shark really sort of yeah, kind of takes. It starts off as horror during the uh, night attack with the swimmers. Or was it? Hundred dragon so, Oh, okay. It, so, it, was, it, was, it was also on my short list, so yeah. All right, so let's see. Let's go to Brad for your number six. What do you got in the six? Uh, I'll give you mine, but Curtis wants to play show and tell real quick. Go ahead. He he wanted me to. So I have for my birthday. Birthday? Was it birthday? Birthday or Christmas? <laughs> uh, copy of. Uh, Hold on, I can't read it's it. Weird Tales. Weird Tales from 19, 19 I think 42-ish? 42, and it has Herbert West reanimator, I guess, in its first sort of... Original pub- publication. Mass-produced publication. Right. I opened this up once to look at it. I have a PDF downloaded because I don't want to, like, fuck Ruin it up. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, there's the cover, and it's kind of a pretty sweet cover. I love old, like... Pulp covers like this, so I'm a big fan of shit like this. But it's got yeah. Sinestro and Baphomet, <laughs> and <laughs> all right, <laughs> it's an odd combination, but whatever works, you know, whatever sells the fucking book. Uh, well, right. that, that is cool though. Okay, for my next pick, I'm going to go from H.P. Lovecraft's version of Frankenstein to Mel Brooks's version of Frankenstein. It's not quite horror, but it's still young Frankenstein. I'm going to pick it because I love it. Um, I kind of I'm kind of late to this one. I'd seen a lot of Mel Brooks movies when I was younger. Surprisingly, did not see this one until I was an adult. Um, and I don't know why the fuck it took so long because it's easily one of the best. We saw High Anxiety. Yeah, we saw High Anxiety for this fucking kids. <laughs> <laughs> not right. his best. It's not no. not awful. But yeah, but uh, Gene Wilder's fantastic. Madeline Kahn's fantastic, and Peter Boyle. I know. Some people probably will say his character on Everybody Loves Raymond is him at his best, but honestly, young Frankenstein's kind of him at his best. He was great as Frankenstein. Um, and of course, just kind of a silly movie. It's not really horror at all. It's just making fun of horror movies. Um, Marty Feldman's great um, as he's not Igor, but like a uh, descendant of Igor. Um and then a wonderful cameo from Gene Hackman as a blind man who doesn't realize that he's trying to serve soup to Frankenstein and keeps putting it on his crotch. Hot, fresh soup. <laughs> but it's just a wonderful little movie. Um, if Yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about it, really. You don't really need a premise for it. Yeah. Is it on anybody else's list? Probably not. Uh, it is on my list. I'll get to it a little bit later on. Is I'll, it? I'll save my thoughts. Okay. All right, so Curtis, let's go to you for your sixth pick of the night. What do you got? 
Well, I'm going to go ahead and finish it off. Um, you know, I the got, other side of the, the cup. other side of the cup. We've got Jeffrey Combs sucking out an, a brain through somebody's eye socket, and uh, Stuart Gordon's HP Lovecraft adaptation of From Beyond. So, um, I, I mentioned earlier a friend of mine who had told me that her tradition is to watch Hellraiser. Well, I told her how much I liked Reanimator. She said, "Well, have you seen From Beyond?" <laughs> I was like. I've heard it from Beyond. I know what it is. Like, well, you need to watch it because I like that one better than Reanimator. So I watched from Beyond and like, holy shit, is this movie just bad shit insane? It's, yeah, that movie it's just is weird. <laughs> it's like, you know, you thought Reanimator was weird? No. From Beyond is like a whole nother level. There's like BDSM. There's like interdimensional monsters floating around. <laughs> There's like There's a pineal glands that look like penises, penis, coming, no, penises out coming out of people's heads. Yeah. <laughs> Jeffrey Combs looks like the Bat Boy. Jeffrey Combs looks like Bat Boy. You, you got Ken Voorhees dressed. Who's just like, what the fuck he, is going on? He's just on? sort of there. You're like, oh, that's <laughs> Ken Voorhees. Nice to see him since, you know, Dawn of the Dead. Uh, oh, no. What happened? No. Yeah. yeah it's, it's just a strange little, strange little weird kind of horror film and a lot of good effects in it. And yeah, and uh, some disturbing puppeteering of those disturbing, <laughs> disturbing. <laughs> Barbara Crampton's in it also. I'll go ahead and get that out there. Yeah, we're in very little it. at some point. That's where the BDSM comes from, <laughs> and that's why he picked it. Yeah, the leather thong is why he picked it. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, she even herself was just like that's her favorite movie out of everything she's been in because. You know, Reanimator, she's just the girlfriend who screams and gets taken over. Like, this movie, she's like a scientist or a psych- psychologist or whatever. Who needs a fucking psychiatrist of her own? <laughs> who still, they, they still manage to get naked, so. Right. Because, you know, it's the 80s, that's that, what you do with the girls in the movies. So. Out of the movies of hers that I've seen, yeah, like, I feel like she was given a little bit more to do, even if it's just kind of a silly little horror film. She was given a lot to do in this movie and there's quite a range in it that she hasn't been given since i mean the whole movie ends with her there's a movie the movie ends with her like laughing hysterically after breaking her leg and jumping out of a window i mean she probably just saw the first cut of the movie it's all bad. <laughs> it's, but it's, just, it's, it's a strange little lovecraft film so it is, yeah, check it, it out an odd little movie i'm i'll ask it is it on anybody else's list <laughs> Nope. No. All right, moving on. Like I felt comfortable with like my list. A lot of my list wasn't going to cross over. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing my the only movies left on my list are crossover movies. I'm going to guess my next film is not going to cross over with anybody's except maybe Kenny, but I don't think so because just because of what you've been picking, I don't think you're going to pick this. But sequel to the Lost Boys. No, no, God no. <laughs> Um, so, like I said, last pick was Train to Busan. It starts a run of two uh, zombie flicks back to back. And this is not a zombie flick in the traditional sense. This is, um, might be, I think it is the newest, the most recent film on my list. And it is, I'm not a fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I know Hawk, if he was here, would like have a, the vapors over me saying that. But everybody kind of knows the Buffy musical episode as like one of the best episodes of that series. And this is kind of the Buffy musical episode with zombies. Oh, okay. And I I am picking, I am picking Anna and the Apocalypse. I've not seen this. I wanted to. I forgot it. It is a fantastic little musical. I haven't actually heard of it. 
It is. It is. It's. It's a. It's a musical. It was good. It's a. It's a high school set musical set in England. Um, it's like if if you put Shaun of the Dead to music, kind of, if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> and set it in high school, maybe it's a prequel to Shaun of the Dead. I don't know, but uh, it is. Uh, it's just a quirky little fun, and it's a really good movie. It, it it'll it'll make you kind of tear up a little, get a little misty at times, and you weren't expecting Why? that from this fucking movie. Oh my god! Yeah, we watched it, not really knowing much about it really i don't think we knew anything about it and it's like oh, let's give it a shot like the first little bit i was like i don't know if i'm gonna like this or not but man by the time it's over i was like holy hell that was a good little movie <laughs> yeah. like you said there's a couple times i'm like yeah okay got me <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah it's i mean it's got some scenes that are just funny goofy it's got some tense moments um, it's got some just oddball shit. There's a scene where a, a gal is trying to, again, it's set in a high school. The gal's trying to break into the principal's office to get her keys for her car because the the asshole principal took her keys and, like, you know, it's, it's like this real tense moment. She's like trying to sneak through and you know the lobby outside the principal's office and there's a couple other people kind of running interference for her, which goes bad in a hurry like it always does in a zombie movie but so she's in there trying to find the keys and she like all this confiscated stuff pulls out this dildo she's like what the fuck <laughs> it's just it's little things like that you're like what did i just see you know because like this tense moment and then it's like oh okay but yeah there's just it's you know the songs the original songs in it are surprisingly catchy and it's just a really fun good movie that'll punch you in the heart when you're not expecting it so that's my pick. I'm guessing nobody else had that on their list. No, good it's, it's, right. it's definitely on the watch list, though. Needs to be. Yeah, that and Train to Busan. Make a doubleheader zombie night and catch <laughs> those two. All right, See, Katie, I downloaded Train to Busan, and I downloaded The Dead Don't Die. When I say I downloaded it, I did it legally. I did not care for The Dead Don't Die. I thought I would like really? it. I See, I, I heard like that. It that's more why I have yet to watch it. I've heard that people said it wasn't as good as it, the trailer. I've heard that one cut of The Dead is all right, but I haven't seen that yet either. Yeah, yeah I got that one. All right, Kenny, let's go to you for your seventh pick of the night. What do you got here? Uh, for this one, I've got another one that was an original concept that you know, I just it just kind of blew me away, and that's Nightmare on Elm Street, and yeah. it stuck with me hard because, like anywhere, like all the other ones, you could get away from them, you could hide from them, or you could, you know, just not go to Camp Crystal Lake, or you could not whatever, <laughs> you could but not live in Haddonfield. <laughs> yeah, right. but you know, this one now. Granted, it is set kind of in this town with this blah, blah, but still, like, if they wanted to, they could, you know, but with Nightmare on Elm Street, with Freddy Krueger, he was in your dreams. You had to go to sleep, and it was like, it was so original to me in that way that I was just like, God, what a great character that no matter, he wasn't big and powerful like Jason Voorhees or even Michael Myers for that matter, you know, but he was just this, you know, he had the claws, but I mean, he honestly didn't need them. He could kill you any way he wanted to in your dreams. So that's just, it just stuck with me. And I just, I just, I like that show a lot. Another great thing is like almost every town in us in the USA has an Elm Street. Right. Exactly. Very much. Kenny, I will say this. When you were saying, like, it stuck with you hard, I thought you were talking about Nightmare on Elm Street 2. 
No, that's, that's, a, uh, that's a joke. Yeah, people. Some people get. I, I will <laughs> say this though: that's a that's a franchise that for the first th- two or three sequels, you you can kind of, they're they're watchable. Some of the right. other ones, you know, like it's like eh, not so much. But it's like oh, Johnny Depp phoned in a cameo. Oh, they they really <laughs> leaned hard into the camp and the weird and just the goofy shit dream warriors is just a weird it's like a fantasy fucking movie more than it is yeah. a horror movie and they just there kept, are a they, lot of people that like that one though they they kept yeah, just even. fucking well that yeah that's the third one a lot of people don't like halloween three either but i think it's better <laughs> you know so than the one it gets credit for so it's just it's it's funny how like they they had a star in the character, Robert England as Freddy Krueger. So they just, they marketed the shit out of it as a kid. Right. You know, but fucking Freddy Krueger is on everything. That's way inappropriate for kids that age to have. And, <laughs> but I mean, they, they milked the hell out of it. That was the cash cow that kept new line cinema. Like, I got running. A, I got a Freddy Krueger Valentine's day card. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the kind of shit they would do. A Pez yeah. dispenser. He's like, <laughs> He was only a pedophile in the remake. Fuck you. Yeah, and the remake's <laughs> not as bad as it gets shit for either. To be honest, I mean it's not terrible. Uh, it's yeah. not great, but it's not terrible. It's, not it's watchable. Uh, <laughs> let's go with Brad. Let's go to you for your next pick tonight. What's your seventh uh, pick on the night? Green Hornet was in the remake. Okay. <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, I was torn between this one and a different movie, but I'm gonna go with Shaun of the Dead. Because right. you mentioned it earlier, and it is a great one. I know it's another horror comedy. I think half of my list are more horror comedies mm. uh, as opposed to actual straight-up horror. But what Shaun of the Dead does that some of the other horror comedies I picked doesn't really do is that it takes the horror aspect seriously. It's 100% a comedy that's kind of poking fun at zombie movies, but can't watch that third act and say that they're not taking their subject matter seriously. Like, shit really hits the fan by the end of that movie. And it doesn't look, like, for a good point of that movie, it looks like no one's going to make it out of there alive. Right. And this is kind of the movie that kind of propelled Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright and all of them to stardom. Um, and with good reason. Like, the that scene where, um, damn, I'm forgetting the actress's name, so I'll just call her Harriet Jones for people who know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, the actress who plays Sean's mom it gets turned. Spoilers for a movie that's what fifteen years old turned into lesbianism. <laughs> right, exactly. And it's Simon Pegg, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Simon <laughs> Simon Pegg has to put her down. Yeah, the oh. way it is over there. I love guilt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got off but, the rails in a hurry. Go ahead. Um. Anyway, yeah, just great performance. Like you, you really feel for him in that that moment and th- this is like a movie where you went into it thinking it was just going to be this silly little zombie comedy i mean the fuck the, the movie was promoted as a rom-com with zombies right like it, it you don't go into it for the first time thinking it's going to be quite what it is it is a little bit what you think it's going to be but it takes itself seriously as well and like i said great performances um not necessarily from everyone in the cast. Some of those cast members are kind of forgotten for a reason, yeah. but from the main cast, especially they're pretty good. Which ones? Well, I mean, well, you don't remember forgotten. any of Liz's friends, do you? I do. <laughs> Clearly he's forgotten the forgettable characters. 
So yeah, Shaun of the Dead. I again on my short list, but it didn't make my ten. Was it on anybody else's ten list? It's on my list, which is why I'm quiet right okay, now. Okay, that's fine. No, we'll get to it. Bit. That's all right. We'll get to it. Right on. So Curtis, where are you going to go for your seventh pick of the night? Well, I don't want to go right into Shaun of the Dead, so I'll pick Evil Dead Two. Okay, so I remember being at my grandma's house when I was like oh, seven, and which, I will, which one? Not that one. Okay, not <laughs> not the crazy one. <laughs> May she rest in peace. Um, <laughs> but uh, I remember my, my grandmother, she had cable. I used We used to stay the night there a lot. I actually ended up watching like uh, Dead Live when I was real little. Didn't know what the fuck it was. I watched a lot of movies there. Uh, Army of Darkness was one that I always remembered. And then when I got older, like right around high school, I, I saw, re-watched Army of Darkness. with I think Brad, maybe you were there. I don't know. I don't know. I would have been a little bit younger. Yeah. But um, then, like, shortly after watching that again, I saw, I, I found out that, oh, Army of Darkness is Evil Dead 3. And so I went, and I remember going to Walmart with a friend of mine after working one night at McDonald's, and I saw Evil Dead 1, 2, and 3 on DVD right next to each other. Like, or Evil Dead 1, 2, and Army of Darkness. I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy all of them. And I remember watching them all, and I'm like, Evil Dead 2 is definitely the standout because <laughs> Evil Dead is sort of the 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 sh- kind of the straight horror. Got a lot of crazy visuals. I love Evil Dead. Army yeah. of Darkness is the slapstick comedy one. And then Evil Dead 2 is like that perfect blend right? yeah. in the middle. And yeah, it's just crazy. It's It's got some horror, but it's got some slapstickiness. It doesn't take itself too seriously. It's almost like there's a there's a portion of the movie that is literally like a live action Tom and Jerry cartoon, right? But it's with a man and his severed hand, and he's chasing it around with a shotgun. <laughs> it's like Evil Dead was the first draft, and they went ahead and shot it, and then somebody was like, you know, this would be funnier to- if you'd add a little bit of comedy to your horror, and so they right. just shot it again, and then they called they it shot Evil Dead Two. Like, they reshot they half a little the movie, and then added a little bit more. Yeah, add a little, add some laughs, and shoot it again. So. But you know that solidified like Bruce Campbell is sort of like the leading cheese, like cheesy guy. You know him, him and his gigantic chin. But yeah, Evil Dead Two is like my favorite Evil Dead movie. As much as I loved Evil Dead, as much as I love Army of Darkness, as much as I love Ash versus Evil Dead, like I love that show. I'm really oh, even the remake wasn't bad. If any yeah. of you listening to this are from <laughs> Stars, fuck you, fuck you for canceling a. Uh, Ash versus Evil Dead, especially where they ended with season three. But um, yeah, Evil Dead two. I mean, if you have to watch just one of those, watch Evil Dead two. I yeah, I don't know that watching the first one is required. It's really yeah. not. It's not, like, but like it's good. It retells yeah. that If if you are <laughs> interested in seeing how an idea evolves from first draft to second draft, then right. I mean, I will give Evil Dead its props. There's a lot of cool little experimental right. shots in that. Yeah, but they were that just going solidified around. Sam Raimi. Like, Sam Raimi went on to direct the Spider-Man trilogy. I mean, like, he, he started out with Evil Dead, and then he got that. I know some people are like, Spider-Man 3 kind of sucks. Like, I love Spider-Man 3. <laughs> <laughs> like, that movie's just cheesy fun. So, okay, right I'm done. All right, anybody else have <laughs> Evil Dead 2 on their list? I'm guessing. I have that on my Do list. you? All right. Well, we'll get to you. Yeah. Next We're switching off. That's all right. We'll get to you. <laughs> all right. So my next pick, I'm going to go with my highest pure horror, if you want to call it that, pick on my list. So this would be like my number three if I was ranking these. 
Um, and it is one of my favorite of the classic horror films, universal horror films. I am going with the only sequel on my list. I'm going with Bride of Frankenstein from the 1930s, 37, I think, 36, 37. Um, it is uh, the best of those old universal horror films, and I love most of them, not all of them, but it is far and away the best one of the batch. Um, it just it does so much right. It plays on so many different ideas. It is also kind of campy, but also kind of serious. So, um, but it, and you know, just the the way that everything comes together and that the the framing device at the beginning, and then reusing the actress as the bride. It's just it's it's almost the I, I'd say it's but far and away the best made of the classic Universal horror films, um, and I think it's my favorite of that group. So, and I felt like I had to throw something from there on there and that is like i said the, the, probably my number three overall so if we're going backwards it's my eighth pick of the night but bride of frankenstein is what i go with for my eighth pick okay i saw that like a long time ago so long ago that i barely even remember it so yeah i haven't seen that one i've seen the original from 1931 but i've not seen bride of frankenstein and bride of frankenstein sets up a lot of things that become i don't want to say become tropes but it becomes the point of reference for so much that comes after in the universal right. story stuff. So yeah, and there's so many bright of movies since then too. Like even like I mentioned bright of reanimator, but right. there's also bright of Chucky, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. None of those movies made it to anyone's list. Right. No, I'm guessing not. Uh, but I, mean, is, bright, is, like I, said, I gave props to bright of reanimator earlier. Some great yeah. effects. On that. I was talking about the Chucky movies. Oh. <laughs> I'm guessing not anybody else's list. Correct. No, no right. good movie though. It is one of my favorite one of those eras. Yeah. You know, Wolf Wolfman being my favorite, of course. But right, yeah, <laughs> Del Toro. <laughs> no, not the uh, new one. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> All right, so Kenny, going to you for your eighth pick of the night. What do you got next? Uh again, another movie that stuck with me at a young age: uh, The Exorcist. That movie was just straight up scary shit for me when I was a kid. Of course, I was young when it came out. We we that was uh, one of the ones that we saw at the uh, drive-in too. So that spooky surroundings and everything. It just I don't know. It just I know it's a classic for a lot of people who love that kind of stuff, and it's just one that stuck with me. So right on. The uh, yeah the the scene with the what the split second of the demon Pazuzu, that's always a lot of fun <laughs> yeah. when they when they have him on there. It's like oh, shit, it's not on my it's not on my list. Did you did you just spoil? Did you just spoil the scene? No, no, no. You have no idea what I'm talking. If you don't know if it's if that's a spoiler to you, you have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. No, no, no. I, I've <laughs> seen I've seen those. I I kind of seen Exorcist two. I love Exorcist three. Uh, I think that's a better movie than their reputation. Yeah. Some of it. Um, I am curious about the, the exorcist, the beginning, because they shot that movie with director Paul Schrader. Right. Under the dominion. And the yeah. studio was like, fuck this. There's no exorcism. Fuck you for making this. Yeah. And then, so they hired diehard Two director, Ronnie Harlan to reshoot 90% of the movie and recast a bunch of people. 
and he made Exorcist the beginning and they released it and everybody hated it. So then they released the minion and like everybody hated it. <laughs> like, so, you should have just not made a fucking movie. Just kept your money. I'm curious. I'm curious <laughs> just to sit and watch both of those back to back and just kind of see how bad what miserable you get. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, uh, whatever. But yeah. no, I, the exorcist is great. Uh, I remember when I first watched it, I didn't quite get it. Because by then I'd already been sort of warped by everything else I'd seen, and right. everyone's like, "Oh, this is the scariest movie you'll ever watch." And I watch it, I'm like, eh, "It's not that scary, whatever." And, you know, and I'm repeated rewatching. He's like, "You know, this movie's kind of great. It's it's definitely shot like, I guess the the director was known for documentaries, and right. it's definitely shot kind of more realistic like that." And just thinking about it, like this girl's like what twelve, and she's doing like possessed and doing horrible things. Like that's kind of frightening in itself and then like the mother having to deal with all this so yeah it's it's definitely a movie that kind of holds its own over the years so yep. is it on anybody else's list anybody else have the exorcist we're getting down to the end so i'm not gonna be able to ask that question many more times all right right brad going to you for your eighth pick of the night what do you got oh did i get skipped earlier i no, did didn't I? no you're no. oh okay no Kenny picked the exorcist and he just talked forever okay that's what yeah. happened yeah <laughs> i got confused for half a second um, okay, the only things left on my list have already been said, so I'm gonna go with the thing. Okay, um, I don't know what I can say that hasn't already been said, it's just an excellent um <laughs> exercise in visual effects. I mean, great, like the prequel movie that they came out with like 10 years ago, <laughs> like can't even, like with modern technology, can't even touch what the original did back in the I 80s know that they effects. shot that with practical effects and the studio's like, no, put some CG over it. And it just doesn't look yeah. anywhere near as good. I'd like to, I'm curious to see what the original looked like. And then, like, it's just, I kind of love, like, when a horror movie is a little bit more of a paranoid thriller in a way. Right. Um, that's kind of what sticks out for me on the thing, at least on the first viewing. Obviously, on repeat viewings, like, oh, you know who's infected, and you can sit there and try to piece out when people get infected and shit, oh, which is part of the fun. guy from In the Heat of the Night. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It was just, yeah, I don't know what the fuck to say. But it's just a really good, enjoyable movie. Like, I've seen a million times because it still holds up for me. Um, like God, that movie is what over forty years old or almost forty years old, and still amazing, like mind blowing visual effects. Like I look at what they did in that movie, and like when you try to make your own shit today, like your own short films, whatever, and it's like you still can't even come close to what the fuck they could do forty years ago. Right? It's just baffling. For not, having anything, great, for not having anything great, else to great. say about it, boy, you sure had a lot to say about it. All right, Curtis, let's go to you for your number eight pick. What do you got? Okay, uh, real quick, real yeah. quick before he answers, now that he's got the hat on and I've been staring at him, he looks like the lead roadie for Leonard Skinner. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Look, I, I dressed up as Jim Morrison at at work for like spirit week. It was like rock star day. And uh, I just kept looking at myself with this hat and the hair. I'm like, I look like, look like I'm about ready to sing. Are you ready for some football? That's true. That's probably the most, most spot on with that hat. Yeah. If you're watching on the live stream, <laughs> you know, Kenny exactly were what we're hat, if Kenny were wearing the hat, he could sing Ace of Spades, but yeah, Ace not quite. <laughs> okay. Well, Brad's already brought this one up. Uh, Shaun of the Dead. 
right? Um, I remember the trailers for this. I'm like, oh, this is this weird British movie. I don't watch a lot of British stuff. At least at the time, I didn't. And uh, I remember we were at our grandma Dorothy's, and I somehow convinced her to oh, let wow. us rent this movie on pay per view. Oh, and wow. she sat and watched it with us. I can't imagine she enjoyed it. I don't remember that. I remember her laughing at some of the jokes, but probably then, early like, on. Yeah, but you know, you know, most people when it came to the gore would look away. She didn't. I, I give my grandma props. She watched. She That's watched not how that a head movie. splatters. Wait a minute, grandma. <laughs> <laughs> Even when they rip David's intestines out, he's not That's a forgettable character. He's a forgettable character. The Harry Potter lookalike. Look, you go back and watch that. <laughs> Those side characters are actually really good in that movie, and they're very subtle. Like Lucy Davis, she plays uh, the girlfriend of him, and she's—I don't know—like you, you get it set up that she's a failed actress from the get-go, and you know that her boyfriend is in love with Sean's girlfriend, and not really her. And you just like you watch it, and there's like little moments. So that's why they're not forgettable to me. Like these are fully developed characters, even in their smaller moments. So. Yeah, it's just it's a great little horror film. It's got it's got a lot of heart and um, a lot of humor and a lot of gore, and it just it works. And even to this day, I still watch it. Like I love Edgar Wright's movies, like uh, Hot Fuzz and World's End. They're they're just you know that the whole trilogy is great. And it all started with Shaun of the Dead. I didn't realize just how much you tortured that grandmother of ours, that particular grandmother. Well, no, didn't no. you make her watch Bubba Hotep? <laughs> I'm sorry, okay. Why isn't that on my list? Grandma's <laughs> like, fuck that. I love this shit. <laughs> she loves Elvis. So, yeah, I do remember making her And then watch you, you let her borrow the rum diary and she gave it back like after a day, finished the book in a day. It's like, all I do is set up the damn bar. I didn't <laughs> make her. Our, our mom was getting surgery. I left it with my mom to read and she wasn't reading it. So, my grandma took it and read the rum diary, but that's beside the point. Fair enough. No, like, when I was talking about watching like Army of Darkness or Dead Alive, like she was already in bed. I was that was me being up in the living room watching movies by myself. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I watched a lot of Red Shoe Diaries. <laughs> Can we scratch that? Is this nope, live? This Fuck. is live. Yeah. <laughs> people watching this live are like the people watching it live are like, Yeah, he did. Oh wait. <laughs> like that's Mulder. What's he doing reading classified ads? <laughs> awesome alright so I'm going with my number ninth pick and again I'm counting mine down from 10 to 1 so this would truly be my number 2 pick it's one of my top 5 favorite movies of all time and it's my number 2 pick so one of my top 5's is also on the list um, but I am going with The Lost Boys for my ninth pick <laughs> Dude, this movie is, I love it when a movie's not about what you think the movie's about. And you think this is a vampire movie, and it's absolutely not. It's about a family dealing with divorce and how you move on from something that breaks your family apart. And it's, you know, there's, it, clearly the title comes from, it's a take on the Peter Pan story of, you know, these wild boys that never grow up, you know? And so, yes, it's got that. It's got just different layers to it. There's the, the acting is eighties. Fantastic. The cult, the, the whole, <laughs> the costumes, the casting. I mean, from start to finish, there's nothing you could say about this movie after having watched it. That's just like, 
that that's that's negative. It's just it's fantastic, and the cheesy stuff is fantastically cheesy. Um, you know, the not every movie you get an oiled up saxophone player playing on the boardwalk. I mean, <laughs> it just and it's just, like I say, it's just everything about it is just it's it's fantastic. Robert Patrick, when you watch this movie as Michael, you're like that dude should have been a bigger star than he was, and it took. I like, know. I forget what he it went was. on. Was, he did that. He did Terminator Two, and it's just sort of like he's been in movies since. Sorry, not Robert yeah. Patrick. Jason Patrick's who I meant. Uh, Robert Patrick's the Terminator <laughs> 2. Jason Patrick. Uh, I thought I thought so, I'd help you out. No, so I don't think wrong. Robert Patrick was in those movies. No, uh, but there. And the reason I bring that up, so I on the other day, a month or two back, flipping through the cable channels, and uh, I caught The Losers with Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Christopher Evans, Idris Elba. Zoe Saldana. Yeah, and and uh, Jason Patrick is the asshole bad guy in this movie. And when you stop, you're like, holy shit, between this and The Lost Boys, those are like the bookends. This guy should have had an amazing fucking career. And he really didn't. And you can't, I can't figure out why because he's just absolutely fantastic in this movie. It's got, I think this is the first time you had both the Corys in a movie together Corey Heyman, Corey Feldman. Um, it, it's hard to tell what Corey Haim is trying to play because there's times when you're like, okay, he's like playing a teenager. And there's times he's so infantilized. You're like, is he playing like an eight year old? I can't tell. <laughs> so, but it, it, but some reason it works in this film. Um, there's just from and then you get to the final climactic battle scene, and it's just badass completely from start to finish. Once once the sun goes down that last time, um, it's got the su- surprise twist ending with the guy who saves the day. Everything that is done is perfectly set up. I mean, Chekhov's gun is like planted throughout and they keep moving it. So when you get to that last scene, you're like, you want to say, well, that's just fucking, you know, do X Machina. No, they planted that shit and they've showed you the whole way through what's going to happen. And you just, when it does, you're like, fuck. Yeah, that's right. That's, 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 that is the ending. And then it's got like the best one liner that they leave you on at the end. And it's just, it's, it is, like I said, it's one of my top five favorite films of all time. And my top five is a weird mix, and to have that in there, it's just, it's just, it's a great movie. I, I can't say enough about it. Nice. That's all I got on that. Kenny, let's go to you for your <laughs> next to last pick. Uh, for mine is. Uh, can I make? Can I make a guess? Yes. Is it near dark? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not Everybody's trying to guess Kenny's and we're all wrong. Go ahead, Kenny. That's all right. Well, you know, mine, like I said, mine's a little weird because you're trying to think of maybe movies I would like as opposed to, you know, movies that just impacted me more. So I, I like them for that, you know. But uh, this was another one that I saw at a, a drive-in, completely dark, shouldn't have been watching it because I was too young. But uh it was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And that one left a big impression, especially, you know, hearing the adults talk about how it was based on, a, you know, real things. You know, of course, you only get so much information back in those days. So, right. you know, you took it for whatever Tom and Joe told Bob, who told, you know, blah, blah, blah. But uh, that one just, even to this day, like I can watch it and it still brings a little 
little anxiety, I guess, from seeing it as a kid, you know, so still, it still makes me feel something as opposed to, you know, horror movies of nowadays I watch and I'm just like, hmm, yeah. Oh, was that supposed to be a scary part? Okay. You know, so that's why I picked that one for my number two. Right on. It's wow. funny you say that it brings you anxiety when you watch it because up until his death, Dennis Hopper said that about the sequel. <laughs> it gives me anxiety when people watch it. <laughs> yeah, I actually like that movie, the sequel. It's just, of course, Dennis Hopper taking on fucking Leatherface with a chainsaw. And yeah, it's another it's one interesting. where the franchise is like, what the fuck's going on with each movie? I know. Something weird like, and different. Like the second one is directed by the same director, but it goes the comedy route like Evil Dead 2, but nowhere near as effectively. <laughs> Doesn't hold up as well but as it's, Evil Dead 2. No. It's still entertaining, but like, you know, it gave us, you know, Dog Will Hunt, which is famous for being in a uh, Primus song. Yeah. But then like yeah. Texas Chainsaw 3 is kind of forgettable. And then you mean Leatherface? Yeah, whatever. And then like Texas Chainsaw Massacre 4 has. An early uh, Matthew McConaughey, Renee Zellweger in a terrible, terrible movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny because, like, movies like these, especially like that one, like, I can watch it and I feel that. But, like, I, anytime I go into a fight with someone, I have no anxiety over it. Anytime I've had to go into situations of it looks like somebody broke in. We got to check this out. No anxiety. I have no fears about any of that kind of stuff. But I'll sit down and watch something like that. And I'm just like, <sighs> you know, just <laughs> it bring, I guess, like I said, because it impacted me as a kid, you know. So, yep. Right. But weird. <laughs> I'll always remember him cutting down that handicapped kid in the wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I'll be 100% honest. The yeah. only Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie I've seen was the remake with. What is it, Jessica Biel? Yeah. Whatever her name is. Sadly, that's the only movie in that whole franchise that I've seen. I've seen all of them. Even and, the remakes, even the pseudo sequel. And um, even that remake, like I watched that remake and it's nothing. I was just like, meh. Uh, there's yeah. nothing to it, but it's that old one. Yeah. Out of the remakes, the second remake, which was technically, I guess, a prequel that had. <laughs> because a, they cut in the first remake, they cut his arm off. Right. And it's yeah. like, oh, we can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> they did the they did the prequel. I don't remember who was in that, but I remember liking it better. Yeah. But um, then they did a third one, which wasn't a part of the remake series. It was a sequel to like the first movie, maybe the first two, maybe maybe just the first one. I don't know. <laughs> it wasn't great. Yeah, yeah it was there's a lot of movies yeah. in that franchise, and yeah. it's weird how they're connected or not connected. I don't know. All right, right, Brad, let's go to you for your next to last pick. What do you got, Brad? Oh, the penultimate one. Um, the only ones I've got left have already been said, so I'll just throw out Evil Dead 2. Um, again, it's, it's pretty much the perfect blend of horror and comedy. Um, I'd say it's more comedic than it is horrific <laughs> for me, at least. Um, and it's based, I, there's a very sizable portion of that movie is just Bruce Campbell doing a one man show and he carries it like beautifully. Um, he's basically just flipping himself over and shit like that, punching himself in the face because his hands possessed, cutting it off. Like Curtis <laughs> said, Tom and Jerry routine for a good chunk of that. 
And then suddenly other characters show up and the, it's the, like, oh, we're got a movie again. The, it, it's like <laughs> it's almost like the Scooby gang shows up. You got like the got the blonde haired <laughs> guy, you got the sophisticated girl, you got you got the kind of shaggy guy, the, the hillbilly. <laughs> but like I guess the other girl doesn't quite work as Velma, but still it kind of works in my head and then you know that scene after where they killed the blonde guy that looks like freddie the guy that's on uh what is it the uh home shopping network now <laughs> after they kill him they all just kind of stand up and they're like ash is holding the axe and i can't help but think zoinks <laughs> <laughs> all right fair enough very good uh curtis let's go to you for your next to last what do you got there i'm gonna go with my first stephen king adaptation of my list all right with Stanley Kubrick's the, the only, the only one, <laughs> the Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Right. So why is that? This this is a movie that just has gotten better and better and better as I've gotten older. I watched it as a kid. I'm like, oh, that's weird. I don't like this. And they it definitely can, creeps you out when you're a kid. Yeah, they go, kind of this is like, kind of, this is kind <laughs> of weird. But you know, the more I watch it, the more I love it. The like, I love film. I love filmmakers, and so I don't know. There's just Stanley Kubrick was just sort of a master of what he did. And I, I recognize that more and more when I watch the film and the performances. I mean, I, I will go ahead and say this, like what he did to Shelley Duvall is not something people should do. Right. But she gave a hell of a performance. <laughs> she gave a great, great performance. And I, I almost feel bad for her when I watch it because of the hell she went through on set. And um, it's just, there's a lot of, just great filmmaking in this film and a lot of memorable shots, the blood coming from the elevator, the two little girls like come play with us, Danny and Jack uh, Nicholson is just sort of amazing that the scene where he's walking towards Wendy and she's swinging the bat is just one of the most intense oh, fucking scenes where she's going up the stairs and he's like, Oh, you misunderstood me. I didn't say I was going to kill you said I was going to bash your brains in, you know, and I'm bashing right the fuck in. It's just like, this is just a great, well-acted, scary fucking yeah, movie. But Jack Nicholson did it, so it was better than what Curtis just did. Exactly. It's better than what yeah. I did. And, yeah, slightly better. And I, I, you know, I'll watch it with people who have never watched it before, and we just end up enjoying the shit out of it. And Jack Nicholson is just sort of great, you know. And yeah, you know, the movie itself, just the pacing, the tone, like the atmosphere Stanley Cooper creates with that movie, even when like jack shit is happening on screen. <laughs> like it's just Jack Nicholson spacing out in the morning. It's fucking terrifying. Because <laughs> Stanley Kubrick knows what he's doing. Like, you know, that slow push in and the fucking music, and it's just he knows how to make what would otherwise just be a guy like getting ready to fart, perhaps like fucking horrendous to watch <laughs> that should be on the like the new blu-ray release Haley cooper knows how to make a guy who looks like he's about to fart intense <laughs> yeah that, yeah it's, that, just, that movie it's is one all... of those movies that even stephen king was just like fuck this movie you know it's it's right. not like my book but i'm just like the little bit that i know about your book and a little bit that i've read of your book i kind of prefer the movie just just throwing and, it out there. And to be fair, I think Stephen King said at the time, like it it wasn't faithful to to his book, and he was disappointed in the movie for that reason. But he also said, like at the same time, he's a hell of a filmmaker. Right. Yeah. No, the movie's they, you all, know, people are, all people are all still atmosphere. talking about it. Yeah, the movie they, they, they made a documentary trying to figure out the movie. 
Yeah. Like all these different fucking theories and conspiracy <laughs> all the about the film, all the crackpot shit. Like it's an interesting watch. I don't believe half of it, but yeah. it's like, oh, you got that from this? Okay, you know. I mean, the movie kind of works on a bunch of different levels. So, and that you know, people have studied the architecture of the hotel based on the shots and how and it doesn't exist. Yeah, how he how he played with all of that to make it unsettling. <laughs> yeah, the movie's all just. It, it, the movie is meant to be one thing. It's meant to be unsettling. Everything right. about the movie's atmosphere, every shot is meant to be unsettling. Whether it's the fucking clothes they're wearing, whether it's you know the conversations they're having and how they're reacting to each other's conversations, it's all just fucking. unsettling. It's not horror in the fact that it's not like you know, it, it's just unsettling and upsetting unsettling, from yeah. start to finish. A, fucking, a kid riding around on his big wheel. Is fucking unsettling. Yeah, that that kid, by the way, Danny Danny Lloyd, Danny the actor Danny Lloyd. He had a weight on his shoulders, and he did phenomenal, phenomenally. Yeah, he did a good job of that. Him, even Scatman Crothers, for the little bit that he was in, just sort of like underutilized. (laughs) (laughs) Again, the same thing with that. When you go to his home in Florida, it's all meant to be totally unsettling. Everything about it, it's just from start to finish. All the the ladies with afros that are naked on his wall, <laughs> <laughs> the posters and prints. Yeah, did you guys catch Doctor Sleep at all? Have you seen Doctor Sleep? I I wanted to see it in theaters, but it came out like a couple weeks after Joker came out, and so when I went to the theaters, I saw that Joker was playing around the same time, and I was like, you know what, Joker's been out well a little while longer. It'll probably be out of theaters before Doctor Sleep, so I'll watch Joker. And then I went back two weeks later. Joker was still fucking playing and Dr. Sleep wasn't. I've been yep. pissed well, off. I've been waiting. I was hoping like like this Halloween they would be like a double feature. But COVID happened. Since it's like yeah. the anniversary of The Shining, I was hoping it'd be like a double feature of The Shining and Dr. Sleep. And because I've been wanting to see it in the theater. I don't want to fucking rent it on Redbox and take it home and watch it on my fucking tiny screen. They they showed it. They did a screening, uh, a viewing of it. I was going to watch it, but... <laughs> fucking asshole you could have told me <laughs> i i even forgot like i i if i had been home i would have watched it but i wasn't home yeah. so it uh it, there's no way that movie could succeed because it you know it it's what is it going to be right like you've got the shining the book you've got the shining mm-hmm. the movie you've got dr sleep the book which is a sequel to the shining the book, the book. so when you make dr sleep the movie <laughs> what the fuck are you making are you making an adaptation of Dr. Sleep the book? Are you making a sequel to The Shining the movie? And somehow fucking Mike Darty, who made Trick or Treat, manages to make a movie that is its own movie, but the answer to the question, is it a sequel to this or is it an adaptation of that? The answer is yes. It does all of those things, and it hits each one of those layers perfectly. It's. I've heard that. It is. It's. It's miraculous, and that's a weird word to use, but it's a miracle the way that movie threads the needle and hits all of those, and then at the end of it, you pull that thread, and it all fucking lines up, and you're like, "Wow, that's you." How do you make a sequel to a Kubrick movie? How do you make an adaptation of a Stephen King movie? How do you take this contentious property that's had this whole history to it? And make a movie that just kind of wraps it all up. It's like, okay, well, here you go. It, it's just, it's, I don't understand how how that happened, but it's a good flick. You should definitely check it out. 
All right, nice. we're in the last the last of our picks, which is good because we're running up on two hours of this thing. No shit. No shit. All right, so here we go. Uh, my last pick is my number one pick of the night. And we talked about how I'm running these things backwards. Um, so this is one of my top five favorite films of all time. Um, it's been mentioned earlier tonight, and I didn't say a whole lot then because I was I knew that it was going to be coming up. Um, but I am going with, for my number one pick, Young Frankenstein, because this movie is, it is a, it's just a comedy classic. Um, everything about every fucking thing lands. And it was funny because the other night, for whatever reason, I was actually reading the the script, the screenplay, and reading through it, finding, oh shit, they cut a lot. And everything they cut made this movie tighter and better and funnier. It just from it doesn't matter at any point in the movie. Everything is just everybody's hit firing on all cylinders. Everything is fucking working. They got the original equipment from the original Frankenstein film from 1932, 33. It, I mean, the the music, you know, the the Transylvanian lullaby with the violin sound. It just everything about it and if you watch the original films if you watch Frankenstein you watch Bride of Frankenstein Son of Frankenstein House of Frankenstein you watch all of these you realize that everything they're doing in that movie is a riff on something from one of those movies um, the scene with you know in with Gene Hackman like you talked about it comes <laughs> from one of those films I can't remember which one but when you're watching them you're like oh shit that's the scene that they're riffing on. And it's funny to see how they did it and what they changed and what they kept. Um, the scene with uh, with, inspect- with the inspector when they're playing darts comes mm. from one of those movies. I can't remember which one. I think it's Son of Frankenstein. It's, just, it's funny if you watch all of those older ones and then you go back and watch uh, Young Frankenstein, you, just, you find so many layers to it. You're like, oh, shit. When they sat down and did this, Mel Brooks and Gene Wilder, when they wrote this thing, they knew their shit. You wonder how many times they watched those old films in a theater, in sitting in the dark, because you know, obviously no VHS, no home video. How many times did they see these movies to be able to pull specific things and reference them? And so, yeah, watching it in 1970, what, 3, 74? If you've seen those other ones years earlier, I can't, I, I just, I couldn't imagine sitting in a film and watching those and just being like, oh, shit, this is... And this is oh my god! I mean, Cloris Leachman's character. She's ah. it's built on the character from Young or from uh, Bride of Frankenstein. She was also in uh, The Invisible Man, playing basically the same character. It's just it's just a fantastic film. I mean, I saw somebody on Twitter today actually had posted like, "What is the funniest scene from Young Frankenstein?" And you read through the comments and the shares and retweets and stuff, and you're like, it, "This is the whole fucking movie." Every if you read the post and you just put them back in order, you've got the fucking movie. Every scene is somebody's favorite fucking scene from that movie, and it's you know obviously the one that you you, know, you gets the most you know is is the putting on the Ritz the other scene, but um, it, it's just it is I think the best crafted and funniest comedy that I the, it, it just like I said it's one of my top five films of all time so. I, again, I can't say enough about it. I could talk about it all night, but I know we're running a little bit long. But Young Frankenstein <laughs> is my number one film from this list. Let's go to Kenny for your last pick. Your 
Uh, again, I don't know if you're in the order or not. Kenny, Kenny, and I already know Kenny. what it is. So yeah, I know what it is. And Joey's heard this story a billion times, but <laughs> I've already got it for, on the list here. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, for people who don't know, but yeah. uh, for mine is the Anderville Horror. Yeah, and that was because that was my very first movie I ever saw when I was uh, we still lived up in Chicago, and uh, it was everything about it. Like the day was a kind of a dreary not rainy but overcast day the theater we went and saw that was like run down like <laughs> the the thing that now showing was askew you know and right. like it was just filthy out and there's you know of course that part of town had bums and stuff so there was trash and that and you go inside like the floor was like sticky. a it was a mixture between sticky and a little wet, you know, and <laughs> like the curtains that are on the side of the screen, like they were clearly dusty and kind of ripped and like I mean just everything about it. And then this movie and just all the everything about it, and then even being a little kid and listen again, listening to adults talk about this is a real story. And there's, you know, there really are poltergeists and ghosts and blah, 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 stuff like that. And it just, you know, a young impressionable mind's like, Oh no, you know? So it's another movie that like, and I watched the remake of it and I was just like, man, I was like, no, didn't do much for me, but I can go back and watch this one and be like, Holy crap, man. It just gives me the willies, you know, like I, hair stands up on the back of my neck. So that's why I always, you know, I'll put it at number one just because it gives me the most, I have the most emotional the most feeling. Yeah. yeah. So that's my, it's my number one choice. Right on. Good pick. As uh, long as it's not the third one. What's that? I haven't seen any of them. Which, which is the <laughs> one with the fucking clock? <laughs> I don't remember. There's, there's one Robert Robert Joy actor Robert Joy is in one and like his death he like screams like a little bitch and I just laughed out loud. <laughs> I think that's the third one. Yeah, the, the, movies, like, the sequels get like, progressively worse in that series. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right, Brad. Let's go to you for your last pick. You say it's one that's uh, already been mentioned. Let me remember what the fuck it is. Oh, I know what it is. Uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, nineteen seventy eight. Yep. yep. Or is it 78? It's, it's later okay. 70s. Um, yeah. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, uh, the remake, the first remake, I guess, with Donald Sutherland, Leonard Nimoy, Brooke Adams, Jeff Goldblum, all of those. Nancy Cart. Nancy. No. Nancy. Nancy That's Allen. from The Simpsons. Nancy, <laughs> Nancy <laughs> Allen. Thank <laughs> you, older gentleman. <laughs> the old guy knows the answer. All right. Anyway, again, like I said, during uh, when I was talking about the thing, I love paranoid thrillers. Um, those are kind of my favorite when it comes to horror. Uh, just a little bit, just a little bit of paranoia just makes it a, just elevates the material for me. Um, just watching the guy going around stabbing people with no emotions doesn't really do it for me. That's why you can probably tell there's not a single like it doesn't get film. off at right. all. No, it just doesn't do anything <laughs> for me. But uh paranoid thrillers, I definitely enjoy those. And this is a movie where fucking aliens have come 
more or less, and Gross. no one really <laughs> knows about it. Um, <laughs> and they're doing the Harvey Weinstein. They're coming in the plants. Um, <laughs> anyway, I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> this was Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Yes, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Um, great movie. <laughs> I don't know what else to say at this point. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go to Curtis for your the very last pick of this whole shebang. What do you got for your, right. your last pick? By the way, this is Samson. This is my little chihuahua. He's adorable. Oh, you're kicking my drink. It's the eraser hand, baby. There you go. You hold him while I do this one. There you go. Is there going to be a song and dance number? or you use your hands? It's one of the aliens from Mars Attacks. All right, what do you got for your last pick, Curtis? Uh, he's doing show and tell again. My my last pick is George A. Romero's. Anyone want to guess? Martin. No, but I do have that. <laughs> Go ahead. Dawn of the Dead. Now, I know Night of the Living Dead is probably more of a classic. Right. Especially with uh, its sort of social commentary. But... Dawn of the Dead is the one that I watched first. Okay. And it, I will say this, because of Zack Snyder and James Gunn and the remake that they did, as much as I love that movie, that's why I know of Dawn of the Dead exists. Uh, Dawn of the Dead's existence. The original. The original. My friend Josh had the theatrical cut on DVD years ago, and he let me borrow it. And I remember watching it, I'm like, wow, this is really different. <laughs> this isn't what I was expecting because of the remake. It was so different. Right. And then by, by the end of it, they're, the zombies are ripping people's intestines out. I remember feeling just disgusted and sick to my stomach, but I fucking loved it. And it, you saw this after the zombie baby in the remake? After the zombie baby in the remake, yeah. Because the remake, that remake did not have people ripping guts out and shit. It wasn't until like... Right. It wasn't until like Shaun of the Dead when they ripped David's guts out. I'm like, oh, finally, some some zombie movie finally takes a cue. But you know, because of Dawn of the Dead, you know, I I watched Night of the Living Dead. I watched Day of the Dead, which has even better effects. I will admit, Day of the Dead has better effects than Dawn of the Dead. But Dawn of the Dead, I feel, is the better movie. And uh, as you can see, I have the DVD edition here. I've had it for years. It's got the theatrical cut, the extended version. It's got the European cut that Dario Gento himself edited. It's got a documentary. But what it doesn't have that I myself have, because I like to cruise rare DVD sites and whatnot. HIV. <laughs> HIV, yes. The 155-minute. Uh, German German ultimate final cut basically is what you want to call it. And this is basically everything that you see because each cut of the movie, it just because one's shorter than the other doesn't mean that they just cut shit out. They cut shit out, but they added shit in that George Romero shot. So right. like there's different stuff in everyone. This one, although there's never been an official release, is like the ultimate one. And it's got everything that you've seen in all these different versions. And just to show you how much of a fan I am of this movie. Um, watching this movie over the years, it's been significant in what I like when it comes to certain horror as well as certain other movies. But 
I, you know, when it comes to zombie movies, like this is the, the, the definitive zombie movie. Um, I could have said Day of the Dead. I could have said Night. I could have said 28 Days Later. I could have said a bunch of other movies. I could have said Return of the Living Dead, which is kind of an offshoot of this. Right. But no, Dawn of the Dead is sort of like where it is for me. Even, even though I saw the remake first, the original is what I hold dear to myself. So you do yeah. what to yourself? Shut up. <laughs> so yeah, the original George A. Romero, Dawn of the Dead. So if you've never seen this, it's a it's a bit slower in pace, but the effects are great. Tom Savini was given a moment to shine, even though the zombies are painted blue right. <laughs> or gray, even though the, the, the blood looks like it's melted crayons. It just adds to it because it just looks like a fun comic book of a movie. Even though the zombies move like the your grandmother with arthritis on a cold day. Whatever. It's a, it's a great movie. It's a great little movie. It's sort of a... Like, there's a lot of, com- compared to what Romero did later in his life, there's a lot of precursor to what he did with Creepshow. Right. In a way. Just sort of like this weird comic book kind of feel of a movie. So, yeah. Dawn of the Dead. So there it All is. Right. Those are our top ten horror films. Uh, top ten favorite horror films from each of us. Um I will spare everybody the the talking about them. We'll just list them out uh, either in the notes of the podcast or online, uh, either at popgoestheculture.com or on social media at PGTC Podcast. Uh, be sure to check those out. If there's something in there that's a blind spot for you, as it is for some of us here, uh, some of us have mentioned movies that the others haven't seen, be sure to check those out. It's a great way to spend your holiday or your Halloween ho- holiday weekend. I do have a question movies. for yeah. everyone. Yeah. What are some runner-ups for you? Just a couple of them. Uh, let me see. Well, I got my runner-ups here. Pan's Labyrinth. I have Oh, nice. Uh, Misery, Shining, The Lighthouse, Jaws. Um, what else did I have? Oh, It Chapter 1. I like that a lot. The okay. first Not Chapter 2, though. Chapter 2. What about you, Kenny? Did you have any runner-ups? Uh, yeah, I had uh, Night of the Comet. I had Children of the Corn and The Fog. Nice. The original The Fog. Yeah. My runner-ups were Scream, the original, and Bubba Hotep. (laughs) (laughs) Which, if you have no idea what Bubba Hotep is, you're missing out. Go watch it. I love that show. Yep. Um, Mine, Bubba Hotep. (laughs) Mine was uh, The Frighteners. I mentioned last week. I love The Frighteners. I didn't quite make my list, though. Almost did. Um, Dead Snow 2. Dead Snow 2 is so much better than Dead Snow. It's almost like a completely different movie. If you've not <laughs> well, seen it, it is you a only, different movie. It's a <laughs> it is a, I mean, it is a different like like some sequels are pretty much the same thing, but like Dead Snow right. 2 is a completely different animal. Okay. And it's fucking great. It's hysterical. It's like it's one of those where like if it was on my list, I'd be like, you can kind of see, like, I love horror comedy a lot. Yeah. Um see Dead Snow 2. Um from Dust Till Dawn, the mm-hmm. Robert Rodriguez, t- Quentin like Tarantino. After that movie is a horror movie, but yeah, yeah, it's one of those where, um, yeah, when you if you don't know anything about it, you go on watching it, you have no idea it's going to turn into a fucking horror film. Yeah. I actually had the luxury last year when I was with Kirsten, and I mentioned From Dust Till Dawn. She's like, "Oh, is that like a Dustin Hoffman movie with Mor- <laughs> Moria Kelly?" And I'm like, "No." No, but we're watching. No, it you have no idea what from Dusk Till Dawn is. <laughs> <laughs> funny. 
She's like, no. I'm like, okay, put your fucking phone down. I know how you like the Wikipedia things. We're watching this movie. <laughs> and like, I remember my heart was just like beating right before Selma Hayek turned into a vampire. Cause I'm gonna tell you now, Kirsten doesn't like horror films. And then like, it started happening. Your heart was beating because of what she was wearing and not wearing. Yes. <laughs> but it's not, it's not you know, lie. after like everything was happening she's like is this the rest of the movie i'm like yep <laughs> like, no it's just five minutes we'll get back to the drama we'll get back to the crime movie here in a bit no <laughs> it's just, that's it's a great i mean clooney like a lot of people are just like oh clooney's kind of the same in every movie yeah you're kind of right but from dust on he's a total fucking badass in that movie and he hasn't really been quite the badass since yep. <laughs> so yeah that's what batman needed to be <laughs> batman needed to be a badass fighting vampires you be cool <laughs> right on oh, yeah well, cool. let us know what your favorites are. We'll put this thing out on uh, on the podcast player of your choice and on social media. Drop us a line. Let us know what some of your favorite horror flicks are. Uh, we'd love to hear what those are as well. Coming up, so let's talk a little bit about what's coming up at, at and after this weekend. First of all, so today, if it's Friday and you're listening to this podcast, The Mandalorian Season 2 kicks off today. Uh, we will be back at some point in the month of December, right around Christmas time, with a season two wrap up, kind of like we've done with uh, a couple of shows here in the last month or so. Saturday, of course, is Halloween. Depending on where you are, it looks like it's going to be nice weather here. Uh, there's a full moon. You get an extra hour of Halloween Saturday night. Don't forget to set your clocks back. Uh, Saturday, it, it, outside of a pandemic shutting shit down, Saturday looks like it'll be a great day for a Halloween. Uh, and then next week, we've got some fun stuff. We've got, I think at this point, we've got like three interviews for next week. Um, so we'll spread those out throughout the week. Uh, so that way, instead of like one big episode, you'll get a couple of short interviews scheduled throughout the week. And then in the month of November, we'll be doing, again, we're still kind of on a break. We're not doing our regular weekly shows where we're talking headlines and all that stuff and discussion topics. Uh, but sometime in the month of November, uh, we're going to do something kind of fun for those who uh, are part of the show and want to participate. I don't know about you guys, but every November for me growing up in like the 80s and 90s, it was all about one thing, and it wasn't Thanksgiving. It was the fucking Survivor Series. So we're going to do a fantasy Survivor Series draft at some point in the month of November, so be check, sure to check that out. Again, you'll want to follow us on social media at PGTC Podcast. Subscribe to the podcast play and your podcast player of choice. Follow us at popgoestheculture.com. We've got a bunch of fun stuff coming up in the month of November. Even though we're on break, we're not like stopping. <laughs> we're not on vacation. We're still putting in some work and uh, looking to bring you guys some fun stuff throughout the month of November. We'll be back with the normal stuff, the regular scheduled episodes in January after the first of the year. Anybody got anything else before we get out of here tonight? <laughs> oh, Brad set this in front of me. Uh, Bruce Campbell and the man. I was man. just looking at it. I man. wasn't telling you to show it off. Man with the screaming brain. We don't have to talk about that. I was <laughs> just looking at it. I wasn't expecting you to talk not, about it. Not high on the on Bruce's uh, IMDB page as far no, as that's it's, it's not quite Congo. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that's going to wrap it up then for this week's episode. Thanks again, everybody, for joining us. For Kenny. For Brad, for Curtis, uh, have a good week. Have a safe and happy ha Halloween. 
Uh, we'll catch you guys back here next time on another brand new episode of the Pop Goes the Culture podcast. Until then, see you later. Later. Bye. <laughs> Peace, tits. <laughs>